0: Hello and welcome to the Ghoul Squad Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Ghoul Squad podcast, everybody. I'm Keegan Preslak. I'm Eric Huff and this is a horror podcast where two buddies in the middle of nowhere get together, hopefully once a month, <laughs> and talk horror, horror movies. movies. Yes. I like that we have a like a log line like that. Yeah, like that's our official log line. That was the idea behind that is like let's just get some shit that sounds like we know what we're doing, and let's. Because I mean, you recite it perfectly every time as yeah. well. Hello, Eric. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm fantastic. I'm super pumped to be recording i feel like i don't know i feel reinvigorated in this last month for whatever reason like i'm just pumped to do the Maybe show because we didn't fucking watch leprechaun i think i honestly feel like that was like i told you when i watched *Lepre*. so our last episode of the podcast we ranked uh not many of you listened <laughs> yes, I guess uh according to Keegan. Yeah. There was not as many downloads as the last episode and I suggested to Keegan, was it our topic? I think it was our topic. No, uh all the all the regulars, of course, listen. Hello everybody, shout out everybody. We love all you guys out there in Ghoul Squad lad. But yeah, it was less downloaded and so we we what we did was we ranked all eight Leprechaun correct films in the franchise. And when I got to and you best believe we both have Leprechaun returns pre ordered on blue, right? Absolutely. Okay, good. So when 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 I got to watching Leprechaun Four, uh, Leprechaun in Space, yes, uh, I almost quit being a horror fan. That was what I said <laughs> on the last episode. Like I was so fucking done. Um, some of those films are fun, as you'll hear on that pod if you listen. But uh, a lot I'll tell of you them what, just. I'm suck. glad we did it though, for uh, sure. I don't regret that episode. Yeah. Well, I feel like honestly, when I told you, like I watched First Reformed in the middle of it because I was oh. like, I need someone you to need like good good yeah like a fucking movie not this bullshit right. and i kind of feel invigorated like that's kind of where we started is i feel invigorated from that like all right okay. fuck all that that was fun but like i want to watch movies again right so what do we uh what's this episode oh we're 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 we're, we're gonna rank a I, extremely I, I, prestigious <laughs> franchise <laughs> that's right uh, and following up the leprechaun episode we're, we're we're gonna do final destination yeah and uh much like leprechaun I hadn't seen the majority of these either. Right. Which so, is cool. So three of these films were first time watches for me. Yes. And uh, so I had seen all of them. I saw okay. them all, not all in theater, but I saw the ones I could in theater. Um, So this is going to be exciting. The Final Destination episode. I feel like the OG Final Destination was like a constant viewing of mine in like 6th grade. Me too. Like I feel like it must have been on like FX or USA or something right. like growing up because... I saw that movie all the time. And if we're like ranking like teen horror films, yeah, nah, the OG is up there. Yeah, it's for like sure. damn near up there with like Scream. I agree, and I think we'll talk that on the on the pod. Like, obviously, we're gonna rank that pretty high, but I think it's like it's such you don't have number four as your one. <laughs> okay, keep boy, going. number four. Uh, so yeah, I think the the original Final Destination film, like, it gets lumped in with the second one because the second one's like kind of good. But that yeah. first film is, like, legit good. Yeah. Like, it's legit good. It's not like, oh, watch these people die, and we will talk that. Correct. But first, Eric, how are you personally? I, I just realized oh. I fucked up. I'm sorry. How'd you fuck like up? when you said that, you know what we should have done in addition to ranking the Final Destination films? We should have ranked the deaths. Oh, yeah, I thought that of that. That might have been a bit more tedious, but, but that, that just was, hit me. I was going to say it would have been more work, and we don't like that right here, especially E-Dog. Yeah. Uh, work has been brutal. Oh, good. We've, we've legitimately been down, like, multiple routes. Like, every day I'm doing at least 60 to 90 minutes, like, overtime from another route. If you don't know, Eric works for the Postal Reserve, otherwise known as USPS. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love how, like, you never get it, right? It's like, mm-hmm. you, I think last time you said Federal Reserve. Yeah, Federal um, Reserve. And in my downtime, you know, I'm just trying to skate, skate, skate. Mm-hmm. Um, Playing s- games, not too much. Skating is what I care most about. Keegan, how are you doing? Thank you for asking, Eric. Yeah, okay, I, I really you, appreciate you, you, that. I get all hurt when I don't. Yes, I do. Uh, yeah, no, I've been, I've been good. Uh, I just feel like I'm super busy. I feel like we sat all the time, but like I was, thinking- you are uh, acting general manager right now, right at your hotel. <laughs> I am. Are you gonna lay that on uh, us? My boss is on. Uh, shout out to him. Uh, hello, Andrew. Thank you for your podcast equipment mm-hmm. uh, that we are not paying for and have not given back. No. So with that, thanks, Pretty sure Andrew. it's ours now. Yeah, no, I'm just, I'm running the hotel while he's gone, which is cool. Uh, But yeah, so that's what I'm like doing. Like common law marriage? It's like common podcast equipment law <laughs> or something like that. I, I think that's so specific, no one will get that. But yes. um, yeah, no, I'm good. I mean, I've just been playing it. So much uh, video games on my Xbox One X that I talked about in the last episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, we won't get into it, but I've been wa- playing Fortnite still because I'm a loser and uh, just a bunch of bullshit, honestly, to be honest. But um, um, I really, really want to play World War Z, duh. Me too. Me I'm, too. I'm bummed that I haven't got on that yet. Is, it, is there single player stuff? Like, can you get can you get matched up with like I think you Rand- get matched s- up with people. Basically, okay. it's like Left for Dead, but in the World War Z universe, universe, so film like, universe. Yeah, not the so, book universe. Right. So they like pile up, and you have to like shoot them down, and that stuff. that sounds great. Yeah, it looks wild. It's only forty bucks too. Yeah. Um. But so what did I do last night? Uh, I don't know what you do. Well, the reason I bring this up is uh, it's called a segue, and this one is terrible. Okay, lay it on me. Uh, what did I do last night, Eric? I rewatched. Avengers: Infinity War. I rewatched it within the last Which two weeks. Not a horror movie. No, but yeah. Endgame is coming literally tomorrow. Yeah. I don't know when I'm going to see it tomorrow, and you you and, are going to go see it tomorrow. By though. the time you hear this podcast, it'll be like three weeks after Endgame came out, right? But we haven't seen it yet. Yeah. Uh, so we're, it's pretty exciting. And it's a, it's fuck yeah, it's exciting. I can't wait. G. Yeah, I was telling, uh, I was talking to my roommate. Shout out to Wes. Uh, I was talking to him last night, and I was saying like, how weird is it that like. I don't even really like superhero movies, and I don't really even care about the Marvel movies. But I've seen all of them. All twenty two films. And it's been ten years. That's wild. When is this ever gonna like happen again? Where like with a film franchise. Yeah, and I've seen all of them for ten years. Like I've kind of grown into an adult, at least I like to think so. I was literally twenty years old. Yeah. When Iron Man came out. That's I, fucking wild. And I I'm- was working at the theater in high school. And now I'm this like old, broken down, like decrepit man. Yeah. And Endgame is coming out tomorrow. Yeah. It's super weird. So I feel like grow up isn't the right word, but like glow up, I would say. Okay. Uh, Some would like to say. Um, Anyway, it's just super weird. comes out tomorrow and it's like this big event. And I'm really excited, even though I don't really care. Right? Like whatever happens this movie, I'd be like, oh, that was fucking cool. Like yeah. I won't give a shit, but it, I'm excited. Uh, I think I've said this on the pod before, that I have a weird relationship with the Marvel films. You have a lot of weird relationships. In that uh, I love the Marvel films. I love superhero movies, period. Yeah. Um, But I rarely watch them more than once. Yeah. I feel like Captain America 3 and Black Panther are the exception. And uh, I just like all the other ones. Not Thor Ragnarok? I mean, Thor 3 is good as well. Okay, let's... I'm going... I mean, now we're going into fucking Marvel rankings. Okay, let's table... And Black Panther and Cap 3 are up there for EDOC. Yeah, and let's table this by just saying, what's your favorite Marvel film? Mine is Guardians of the Galaxy. Black Panther. Okay, cool. So there you go. Uh, We should end this because we're not a Marvel podcast. We're done. But it is exciting. It's tomorrow. Um, and also, before we get to our episode, which we will eventually rank the Final Destination franchise on this episode of the Ghoul Squad podcast, uh, before that, we're going to do what we've been watching. But before that, I wanted to say, I feel I feel a little bit assaulted right now, sitting in assaulted? your... Assaulted? Assaulted. Uh, battery, if you will. I'm sitting next to... Uh, oh, what? nice! <laughs> uh, on Eric's fridge, yep. which you can probably hear humming in the background. Wait, is that funny that I have 2 Preslak Preslec-related things on my fridge? Well, uh, I... I-, I- I have the Ghoul Squad magnet. Yeah. And next to that, I have the magnet of the wedding invitation of his brother, Ben. That's right. Shout out to Ben. Uh, But no, I feel assaulted because bigger than our logo, uh, Eric has a magnet for the Ghoul Squad. He has this... uh, Will you go ahead and explain it, Eric? Oh, okay. So I have a Instagram... Much like for uh, Ghoul Squad, where Keegan and I post what horror films we're watching, that Eric cares much more about than ours. I started a Instagram for the westerns that I'm watching called the Corbucci Squad, and it, you know, it's a uh, Melissa made me this logo. It's, it's piece, gorgeous. Hello, it's Melissa. Piece, it's a piece of paper, and uh, the Ghoul Squad magnet is holding up the Corbucci Squad, which logo. is a metaphor for for the Ghoul Squad podcast holding up. Here's my thing, Yeah, I'm hashtagging the shit out of my Corbucci squad. You think you're going to get traction? I don't think I'm going to get traction, but maybe in some (laughs) far-off universe, people discover Ghoul Squad through Corbucci Squad. That'd be awesome. So, hey dawg, I'm just putting in extra work. He's just promoting the podcast. Yes. Okay. um, Nobody needs three Instagrams, but I got three. I will try to put a link in the description for the Kabucci Squad, because no one knows how to spell it, but... No one uh, knows how to spell it, and everyone's like, who's Corbucci anyways? But and who, what is Ghoul Squad? Right. So, uh, thank- I'm gonna start the Ghoul Corbucci Squad. And if you've made it this far in the podcast, <laughs> I think we're gonna start talking, uh, some movies, and we have yeah. some bangers coming up, including stuff like, well... Stuff you've already seen. Stuff you've definitely seen, but, but stuff we def- haven't yet talked about. And you definitely want to hear what we have to say, because, uh... God, I don't think anybody wants to hear what we have to say Yerk. No, no. I think I cringed when you said that. I, that was the joke. It was uh, satire. Okay. Uh, but play the music because it's time for what we've been watching. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to
1: the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat.
0: Okay, Eric, are we going to talk? Jordan Peels us. us first on this episode now. That movie came out a long time ago. It feels like uh, at least a month. Right, It came out on the twenty yeah. second of, of March. Is that correct? Which is my brother's birthday. Shout out. Okay. Um, you know, did Ben watch us? He didn't. Okay. And I hate him for it. Okay. Because I tried to get my brother to go watch. It's gone us. from the theater. It left i fortunately got to it twice what about you I only got to it once because okay. i was planning on my second viewing i'm blaming my brother for this it's all his fault it's not mine let me tell a fucking story i would love to hear a fucking about song. how i saw us the second time duh. i had a fucking fight for it duh. all right how so okay so i fucking told you how we're just like fucking shorthanded as shit at work right at the federal reserve right and two weeks ago wednesday was my scheduled day off right so I'm. It's. Oh, you took like a whole week off of work because of this, right? No, no, no. That's another story. Oh, that's another time that you got fucked over at work, and you took a whole week off because of it. Yes. Okay. Excuse. Uh. uh no. My my SDO was Wednesday. Your what? Scheduled day off. Okay. Was Wednesday, right? So it's Tuesday evening. I'm walking out of the fucking office, and like my immediate supervisor was like, "Hey, Rhonda, the postmaster of Carlsbad, Rousey. Uh, she needs you." She may need you. He said may, might, maybe need you tomorrow. Okay. And I'm just like, I think maybe I like nodded. And I was just all like bummed hearing that. And I walk out, right? <laughs> and I'm already thinking to myself, duh. I'm not going in tomorrow. <laughs> I don't want to work tomorrow, you know? Are you Are you sure you want to reveal this on a publicly traded podcast? I mean, there's nothing bad happened. Absolutely not. Go ahead. Okay. So, um, well, now you got me nervous for no reason. I'm kidding. So, duh. It's a joke. So I am I get home, I change, I'm going to go skate. I get a text and it's Rhonda. And she's like, hey, I need you to come in tomorrow and do your own route. And I'm like, no! You know, now I'm getting it from both of them. Of course, that I have to come in, right? I don't reply to her. And then like an hour or so later, uh, Matt, my immediate supervisor, he texts me. He's like, hey, Rhonda's going to need you tomorrow. I don't reply to him. So come the morning, I got my phone turned off. And easy just goes and watches us. And I don't go in. Wow. I don't go in, doc You're growing some stones, Doc. And uh so, and on my free day, Mm -hmm. I went and watched us for a second time. So of course I'm all like nervous though. The following day. Sunday scaries. Right. So I get there and Ron is like, You were a no call, no show yesterday. And I was like, Whoa. Matt told me maybe, and then when you texted me, it was you know after office hours. And I forget what she said, but I gave her the like mm, forget it look and just walked off, and nothing happened. Damn doc, because yeah. you're part of the union. I'm not part of the union. Easy's a big union guy. Yeah, now. you so, gotta watch out. So I had a fight for my second viewing of us. Easy's got a fight for his right to, to rewatch us! us. Okay, yeah. Okay, so Jordan peels us. Thank you for that story, Eric. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell us what it's about. You're better at this. Go ahead, Eric. What is us? At its core. I think it's a home invasion film. Yes. The group of people who are trying to get into the house look identical to the family living inside. Yes. It's a doppelganger film. And uh, where to start? I mean, we say that a lot, but on us specifically, where to start? Did we like us? Um, As of right now, it's like far and away the best horror film of the year. But we're only in April. Yep. I totally agree. But it's like by far the best thing so far. And it's weird because... You know, here we are. It's kind of a month later, so I feel like we're going to talk about it more of like an overarching us as a big deal, right? Instead of just reviewing it. Mm-hmm. For me, it's weird because while I really loved Get Out, I feel like Get Out, I think, was like my four or five that year. It wasn't as high as like most people had it. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was the best movie. Of Was that last year? No, I think it was 2017. I want to say that was last year, though. I think you on drugs. I'm all fucked up. No, uh, point being... Uh, This is my favorite horror movie of the year so far. Yeah, easily. Uh, And it's fucking wild. Like, there's no other way to put us. Like, we obviously can't talk spoilers, but it is so insane to me. And maybe I like this this much because uh, I didn't watch any of the marketing. Like, I didn't see any commercials. I saw the first trailer, and that was it. So, and the first trailer has some of the stuff at the end, but it's just, like, flashing images. Uh So, like, I didn't know what the fuck it was. I just knew it was a home invasion with doppelgangers. Right. So to not say more than that, um, it just gets fucking wild. That's that's just what I was going to say. Like, okay, so I had that information of that it's a home invasion film. And then as the film progressed, I felt like there was layers to the film that kept making the film's story and themes even bigger and yeah. even larger. Like, it's not just a small home invasion yeah. film. And... During that first viewing, I was, like, shocked at, like, oh, my God, this is huge. Yeah. It's huge. Right. Exactly. And so I was just super shocked at um, the film's growth yeah. as the runtime proceeds. Yeah. And and it, it just blew my mind, like, there's there's a line early in the film, and I think it, it might be in the marketing. And I'll, I'll spoil this line. It's super early. But one of the doppelgangers responds, like, who are you people? And she says, we are Americans, right? Right. All like really like creepily and uh, not knowing what the film is. It was just such an interesting moment to watch unfold. I didn't know what the movie was. And then so for it to be what it is, which I just, we can't spoil. uh, That line is so much more impactful. Right. And it's just insane. And the movie unravels and unfolds into this huge allegory for uh, the haves and haves, not to have and have nots rich people keeping poor people down. Uh, Nixon, um, chud. (laughs) I mean, it's insane. Um, I, I guess I don't want to like because you know we, we don't want to speak yeah. to spoilers. This is a tough one, um, and I almost, I, like say, done, I almost feel like we should have done almost like we should have done a full podcast on this. Uh, I thought it was going to have something to do with like the underground railroad system, like when the film starts. Yeah, and if, and if you've seen the film, then you know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, but boy, was I wrong! Boy, boy, were you wrong! Yeah, yeah. I guess we'll stop there. But there's a there's a, there was one moment in the movie where the movie was kind of t- uh, ratcheting up, and. Did you hear, were you were you unnerved at any point? I wouldn't say I was unnerved. Freaked I out. mean, I was I here's another thing about us that I think I can say. It's incredibly violent, like super violent, but not gory. You miss, you always do this, Eric. I, this I, you're so good at this. Because what you don't realize is I said it was violent. Uh-huh. Did not say it was gory. They're two different things. I gore to me is splatter on the screen. Right. And I I didn't say gore, mm-hmm. right? It's incredibly violent because people a lot of people get fucked up in this. And I was just like, literally, I hate, I hate always saying this because if it gets taken out of context, boy, it's going to sound bad. But when people were getting fucked up in certain ways, I was like smiling and nodding my head. Like, I cannot believe this is what it is. Mm. And then there's a moment in the film. I will wrap up because this is, we can't talk about us almost at all. Um, There was one moment in the film where it still felt like the doppelgangers were just going to home invade. And there's one scene in the movie where the camera pans over and there's a person standing next to a person. And I literally, my brain broke because I realized what the movie was, at least what Uh, I thought it was. uh And it continues further than that too. But my brain broke because I thought, holy shit, this is so much bigger than I thought. Right. And it continues to blow your mind, you know, all the way to the end. It's just, it's a, I don't know if it's a masterpiece because I'm not sure if it ultimately is like a perfect movie. I don't think it's perfect where I think Get Out is truly a perfect movie. I think Get Out is from beginning to end, solid, perfect movie. I think Us is, I like Us more than Get Out because it's more ponderous. It's more ambiguous. It Mm -hmm. does not explain everything. And I think a lot of people aren't liking it because of that. But those are the things that directly appeal to me. Like, right. what is this? How does this work? You, you is, like having your thinking cap on. Yes. And this movie just has that in droves. I mean, did you like that as well? Yeah, absolutely. Um, After I watched it, you know, I felt like there was like a hundred articles of like explaining uh us. And I read think, like think every single one. Yeah. To be like, oh shit, like there was that happening too, you know? Yeah. And I felt like when I watched it the second time, like, oh, I got it. Yeah. Um. So maybe and I, I thought more was going over my head than it actually did um so i guess i so i guess i didn't have a problem with it being um as far reaching like that was cool like it worked for me yeah it worked for me too and i think a lot of people are doing the logic thing right which you and i sort of mostly for the most part agree on um there's a point in the logic that i felt like the film actually like explains okay like i actually feel like there's a moment where it's like okay maybe this idea is far reaching but i feel like he touches on like this is a possibility. Yeah. but I, I don't want to say anything. Yeah, I think um, I'm just realizing let's get to the next movie because if you have not seen us, we're saying nothing. That's true. Right. So let, what I was going to say was I just think it's insane. Uh, so to me, like, I don't care about logic stuff. I'm, we're the guys that like Prometheus, right? Prometheus is rife with uh logic problems like scientists like touching worms that are aliens. Like it's right. Prometheus is dumb in that way. But what I like about Prometheus is it's big, ponderous, crazy, ambiguous shit. And us has that, and it's I mean it's better I almost feel like than Prometheus, maybe. Um but I don't care about the logic issues because it's not that's to me, this is what I wanted to say about us. To me, that's not what the film is about. The film is not to me a literal film. I, I don't think a lot of the stuff at the ending while it's literally in its own universe, I don't think the film is meant to say like, hey, like this is how all this works and this is real. Like right. I'm trying to show you like that. No, it's it's more about like thinking about what the film is trying to tell you, right? It's it's not a literal film. It can't literally be interpreted. I feel like it can't be, but I like that about it. Just like 2001, like the end of 2001, which I can't say, but uh, the way it places it goes, like that's not a literal interpretation of like, I don't know wormholes okay so like it feels like that to me us this is a tough one to review but we both liked it I like it a lot yeah a lot a lot so that's us yep (coughs) Eric what what's our next film that we want to talk uh I guess we'll go into um Pet Cemetery. yeah fuck yeah Eric, you go first. Okay. So I don't think we really need to explain it, Pet Cemetery, but if you want to try, okay, I will try. Sure. Uh, Pet Cemetery is about a family who moves to uh, what small Maine or some shit small town. We'll call it that. Uh, we learned that the father of this family—it's uh, a man, his wife, and two children. Um, he's a doctor, and they move to this smaller town to get away from the hustle and bustle. Yep. Of uh, I guess the big city. And uh, they soon learn that uh, some land nearby their house, which is referred to as the pet cemetery by the local children, can bring back the dead. Yes. Um. Of course, I assume everybody, most people, have seen the uh, original adaptation, or at least know like the whole story pretty much. Right. Yeah. Yep. Um. So, did you like Pet Cemetery? Okay. So this one's tough. After just talking us right where we gushed it, Um, Uh, this one's at least this one's more literal. Yeah. Oh no, no question. Uh, you know, it's weird. I really like this new Pet Cemetery, but its main problem is the original film and the book. Like, I like this new. Do you pet You feel c- like the this the source material eclipses it? Like, what do you mean by? Well, I feel like the original film is probably better. Oh wow! But okay. this is cooler, and okay. I don't mean that as like a dig. I'm saying like I genuinely think this movie's cool as shit. I like it, Yeah, but E-Dog's not going to be gushing. Yeah, I'm not gushing either. I'm just saying that I like that these guys did not mind being fucked up and going crazy and not caring how R-rated it was. And that appeals to me. And then also just there's things explored in this. Uh, Do we want to spoil the big change from the book? I don't know. No. Okay. Um, By doing that big change, uh, the child is allowed to express things in a different way. And uh, I found that really cool. I found it cool that you had someone come back from the dead and they could tell you things about being dead Mm -hmm. and to your father. Mm -hmm. I thought that was cool. So there's things about it I dug. I love the look, I like the way it's directed. I like the scenery. I love the two actors. Um, Jason Clark. I hate Jason Clark. Though. You do like Jason Clark? I don't give a fuck about Jason Clark. And so you know I, why? Why? T-fucking-5. You're a big T-5 fan. Fuck you, duh. I hate T-5. Okay, great. So, uh, Terminator 5. Genesis. Worst movie. Ever. Ever. So, no, I really like Jason Clark, and I actually love Amy Simets. Simet. Simets. Um, she's a big Ty West uh, person. She's in a right. lot of Ty West stuff. She's in your next. Um, she's in uh, Ty West, The Sacrament. Yes. And I just thought she was really good in this. As like Sacrament the mom is very good. Um, I thought she was good. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how to not spoil this film, honestly. I, how f- does this happen? How do I not know how to not spoil this? I. I fucked up. Um, so Melissa had never seen the original film adaptation. Oh, big yeah. So we literally watched it like a like a couple hours before we went to go watch. Uh, the new one. So for like the first hour of that film, I was like, "Fuck! I just saw this movie. Like, yeah. why am I watching it twice in a row?" But finally, when the film decides to do its own thing, yeah, and I was like, "Okay, now I'm on board." I will say I enjoyed like picking out like little differences yeah. since the original was literally hours fresh in my mind. Uh, but then when the film started to 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 change its own gear, then I was like, "Okay, now I'm digging this. Now I'm on board." Yeah, I um. I don't know. I think that's kind of why Pet Cemetery is tough, I feel like, for most horror fans. Because this new one, it's like that's this I started this review by saying its real problem is the original film. And this is such a remake. We're not really used to that recently. Most horror remakes slash reboots aren't really remakes to the original film. Right. And this is borderline shot for shot at times. Yeah. And I feel like other Stephen King properties like it have The benefit of being different from the original. Right, right. And this was so closely, even though there is a couple big changes, it's still mostly the same thing. It happens in the same fashion. Um, A truck comes barreling down the road towards children. Like, Uh, it's the same basic story. I'm super excited about the idea that Stephen King adaptations are like now... Um, In vogue. Profitable. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So that like that excites me a bunch and I feel like um, maybe I'm wrong because I don't know the timelines of when these movies uh, started like being made, but I feel like it, you know, like launched this. Yeah. Trend. Right. And I feel like my expectations I guess were high for Pet Cemetery cuz it was so good yeah. and just like these directors are so good. Starry Eyes is so fucked up. I was going to say we haven't uh talked about Starry Eyes, yeah. Um so I guess I went in with like the highest of hopes. Me too. While it's a good movie while I like it it just kind of never took off for me. Now now this is what I'm trying to present. I I've, I've tried to color this whole review with this which is what if the original film did not exist. Oh, this would be pretty kick ass. This would be great because then I wouldn't know what was coming. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like if if the Starry Eyes guys made this Pet Cemetery and we didn't have that first film, it's a pretty this good movie. This would be fucking a fire movie. ass movie, yeah. But, I guess, but it's, I guess it's overshadowed then. Isn't that weird though? Like, how do we come at it knowing like it's like, well, I already fucking saw this movie, right? And um, yeah, so it's just tough. I mean, where it is so different, and there's so much more you can do with it. I feel like Pet Cemetery is such a specific story, right? Unless you completely made a whole new thing about burying someone in a not in a pet c- cemetery, but near a pet cemetery, and like made your own story. Not a family, not a child getting hit by a truck. Do you see what I'm saying? Yep. Where this is so formulaic, it's like, oh, okay, cool. They're doing that again. Um, I would just like to point out the uh, fun Ramones. Uh, Easter Egg that I caught, I don't want uh so I mean that's the obvious one hey, baby. Uh, you don't want to give it to me, huh so uh <laughs> I was so, gonna sing it, so in the original film, the man who's driving the truck, he's listening to the Ramon song, uh Sheena is a punk rocker, and in the new film the the man driving the truck uh he's distracted by an incoming text, and it says the message is from Sheena, oh nice, and so I got super excited, and I was like, Dana. Did you see that like, when we were yeah. sitting in the theater? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I just think this is tough because the original film exists. And then also we had just seen us. Yeah. Like we walked out of this and I said, I never in a million years thought us would be like my, I would like it that much more than this Pet Cemetery remake, but I did. So we like it, but I like um... it. I thought it was cool. We actually, let's tell the stupid story. So when we went to see, uh, one of the next films we're going to talk, when we talked that film, uh-huh. we went to go see it. Uh, we walked in and Pet we, Cemetery was still showing in the auditorium. Yes. That La Llorona was going to be in. And so we caught the last like 15 minutes of Pet Cemetery again. But this again, time, we could actually see it. Yeah. Our theater sucks. Yeah. Damn. The first time we saw it, it was in such a dark screen that like the whole movie was just like pitch black. Yeah. And you couldn't fucking see anything. I, I thought that was just the film's color palette. The aesthetic. Yeah. It is, but it's not that dark. So then we saw it in a different screen. I was like, oh. I can see shit. I like this movie. This is cool. And I got to, I got a couple key scenes at the end and we got to see the whole ending, which if you've seen it, it's different. And I was like, oh, fuck yeah, that's cool. So it's tough. Let me hit you hard, duh. Which ending do you prefer? Uh, it's tough, duh. Which one do you prefer? Whoo. Whoo. That is tough. Whoo. I mean, cause it's so different. You keep on knocking, but you can't come in. Whoo. I think I'm actually going to say I like, I like the, the new one. I ones. want to say I like this one the new more too. Yeah. Me too. So, my notes for Pet Cemetery. LAMMOMADOCK! Amy Simets wanted more. It's the only problem. Is the original film, and that's the other thing. I kind of wanted more. I felt like I think my expectations, like you said about it, was so high. Like I had built up, like, damn, this is gonna be fucking crazy. Like the Wendigo is gonna be in it, and like, dude, me be, too. It's gonna be like this whole new pet cemetery experience. Me too. Building off the the original book and film, and then I was like, oh shit, it's just like the exact same thing, like, pretty much. You get what I'm saying, hundred percent. So I think, but but taking expectations out. I think it's a pretty good movie. We it's just like, eh, okay, cool. Like we already fucking right. saw this movie. Right. So that's tough. That is That is Pet Cemetery. I don't wanna be buried. In a pet cemetery. Okay. What's our next film, Eric? Do we have to talk Hellboy? I, I would love to talk okay, Hellboy. Okay, let's talk Hellboy and you start. So okay. the next film we're going to review is called Hellboy. Yes. So Hellboy. I have it, a lot of notes for our Hellboy. And you're having me start, huh? I guess because maybe I'm more enthusiastic. Definitely go to okay. what is Hellboy, Eric? Okay, so Hellboy, <laughs> yes, da, is a reboot because we've already had two Hellboys from Guillermo del Toro. Do you like how I rolled them R's? Da? I was going to say from who? I have rolled those fucking. Who Rs, is it da. from? G- Guillermo. <laughs> hey da, I'm hitting that pronunciation hard. I just want you to do it again. Yeah, well. Twice is my limit, G. All right, then. Okay, so. Tell us about Hellboy not. I mean, I think Del Toro's first dropped in 2004. I'm not sure when the Golden Army dropped, but uh, Lionsgate, you know what's crazy is like Columbia did the first one, Universal did the second one, and now Lionsgate did the reboot. Yeah. So for whatever- Nobody wants Hellboy. So for whatever fucking reason, I know, and what's crazy that uh, Universal did the second one is because like the first one didn't do well financially. Well, it was what was really weird about the second one, which I think it's cuz he works with Legendary and Legendary goes through Universal, so that's probably okay. why. Um, the second one was like big, like bigger than the first film, and I remember thinking it was cool, but I really don't care about those two movies at all. It's been so long since I've seen them, and I enjoyed the new one so much that and like I you guys know I fucking love Del Toro. Yeah. That like I'm super stoked to give Del Toro's Hellboys another try. Yeah. I'm not a big Del Toro guy, you know that. Uh which is a shame, duh. Yeah. Um so the new Hellboy is the same as the old Hellboy. No. Um (laughs) it's Pet Cemetery, but again. No, that's actually what's really fucking cool is For sure. Um, you know, so Del Toro's films actually I don't know whose choice it was, but it was like restricted by its uh pg-13 rating sure i feel like it was more like action adventure while this new one was trying to be more in tone with the comic books yeah it got to be more scary it got to be more violent it got to almost be a horror film yeah and edog fucking loved it there's points in the in the in the fucking film where i was like now wait i don't give a fuck about these characters let's pause here i don't know what their motivations are go ahead you say you loved it. I loved it, but you fell asleep the first time you watched it. Da, I'm tired. I fucking work, duh. Okay. It's cold, it's dark in the auditorium. I put my head back da and I'm fucking out. Alright, so I don't care about these characters, but Oh, so what I'm getting at is I'm a simple man, da <laughs> Yeah, you sure. Um and you know, Joe Bob says it best. There's the three fucking bees, right? Blood, breasts, and babes. And Hellboy delivered on the blood and the beasts. Dah, there was moments where I was, like, gleefully chuckling to myself because of, like, the violence that was happening on screen. Yeah. Like, this was a fun fucking movie, Da. Yeah. This is your cool, drunk uncle, like, taking you out for Friday night. Shunny. Shunny, let me and, show you. Uh, let me show you a little Hellboy. I, I loved it, Da. I absolutely loved it. Wow. I like, absolutely loved it. Don't be surprised, Da. If Hellboy makes my top 10. Wow. I'm saying that right fucking now, dog. Okay. Um, and I feel like there was like so many cool moments in the trailer. They were cool in the film. Yeah. There was moments uh, in the film that like, I found like actually like shocking, like the Baba Yaga stuff. Like yeah. when you learn that she's eating children. That shit was fucked up. Um, there's, he has a fight between Baba Yaga. That's really fucking cool. Like, what does she have? Like, wooden legs. Something like that. And, and she's like, like crawling all over the ground, like spider was, walking and shit. Duh, that was so fucking cool. There's, uh, so, uh, you learn that there's a prophecy that if Hellboy takes up, uh, King Arthur's sword, that like, uh, the apocalypse will come about and like, hell get, will walk on earth. And we get to like see that and like, that was a fucked up moment. I thought, like, no, I was fucked up. Dawg, this is a cool fucking movie. Like, I feel like this was like made for like, I don't want to sound dumb. I feel like it was made for me, dog. Yeah, I felt like this was like, "E dog, go drink a Dr Pepper, fall and, asleep, and f- then go see it again. And you're gonna see it again. Twenty seven dollars later, it got my twenty seven dollars, G, because sure I slept though. through the first time, second time I listened, I went, um, dude, why, why don't people like this? Yeah, so tell uh, me, okay. I mean, I mean, what if this? This is a dumb question. Sure, and, and everybody's saying this, but like, what if this came out in the '80s? Would this be like a landmark classic? To me, this felt more like early two thousands, late nineties, Underworld and uh, uh, Resident Evil, shit like that, like bad, big, stupid action movies with like that were like rated R at the time, and they weren't. They're not good, but they're like watchable. I guess I like sleaze stuff. I mean, you definitely like sleaze stuff, but I think um, it's a whole separate issue. Whenever he like takes up like the crown. He looks so fucking cool. He fucking dope. He's just like huge and big and his horns around. He's got that fucking, literally fire ass fucking crown. Yeah. Duh. Hellboy's fucking tight. And it was directed by. Neil Marshall. Neil Marshall. Yeah. Now the film was taken away from him. So we, I don't know how much I can blame on Neil Marshall. Okay. But, uh, yeah, no, so it's just tough because. Let's hear what somebody who uh, didn't care much for it. Sure, I'm happy you liked it, and I actually liked watching it. So like, it's not the worst movie ever made. It is not at all. Okay, go ahead. Like, I almost want to say I would rather watch it again than La Llorona, but at the same time, La is shorter, so I'd probably watch that because Hellboy's like over two hours, I think. Is it? And I got tired of it, I think. But uh, regardless, um, it's just okay. I'll just read my notes. Hellboy Hellboy Uh, Cacophony of mediocre CGI Complete fast forward editing Almost like you're watching it on YouTube And double clicking to fast forward Uh, ADR comma, Skipping entire sequences of dialogue Uh, Fun But actually bad Uh, Voices don't seem synced up To CGI creatures So that's my full thoughts on Hellboy And on to the next movie Let me go back. Yeah, you dog's not done with Hellboy. Um, I guess I'm not a technical film guy. Sure, like all of those like technical problems you just mentioned, I didn't like all those would go over my head. So I guess but, I'm just, like, but, enjoying the film, even but, if it is crap. It sucks for me because then it makes, it's like, oh, well, like, that stands all, out to you. Well, yes, but that's the problem. Like, it's like, oh, that's all you look at is, like, the editing. No, but whenever the editing is, like, is cut, obvious? Cut, 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 next scene, ADR, ADR, cut, cut, characters not saying what they're saying in the scene, cut. Like, it was literally, like, fast-forwarding through sequences, and I was like, I don't even know what's happening. But, now, having just said that I don't understand technical film. Uh, specific specifics i thought there was some really great like camera work definitely like like, uh like when he's like fighting the giants and he's like trying to like run away with them and the camera's like going with them or like when they hit him and like the camera tries to like zoom in with them like pretty sure i had a smile on my face the entire time hellboy was going yeah and that's the thing neil marshall's a good director and you can feel it in here but the film just feels cut up and thrown out like a vampire fucking luchador I'm but, glad Hellboy got my twenty-seven dollars, but uh, at the same time, I did have a lot of fun, and the amount of gore in it is the highlight. Like, let me ask you this: okay. if it wasn't people being ripped in half, yeah, this movie would suck. Yeah, like suck. Now, I mean, I mean that's I mean, like that's saying what I liked, if Michael Myers violence. wasn't killing people, right? I understand that. But I like, like the violence. I like the monsters. The movie around that is just stupid. Like, there's that fucking, like, warthog character walking around talking the whole time. Yes. And he looks terrible, and his voice is terrible, Wasn't into it's terrible. His, wasn't into his motivation. Now, on the same topic, Eric, you proposed the idea that I think will be roundly dismissed for this podcast. Okay, thank you. And it was, no, not by me, by, like, no one wants to hear this. Okay. This is worse than Leprechaun. And it's ranking the entire Resident Evil franchise. Oh, I did. I did suggest Be- it because, because of... because of... I'm afraid I don't know her name. Mila Jovovich. Yes. Jovovich. She's the villain in the new Hellboy. Yeah. And, and as I was watching Hellboy, I was like, E-Dog hasn't seen all the Resident Evils. Do it up! Unfortunately, I've seen them and own them all. Um, and they're not good. So that's Hellboy, I think. Yeah. E-Dog loved it. Keegan didn't give a shit. It was fine. You know, I just... I don't i think the other problem is i don't care about hellboy right so like i've never like read the comics or I anything found, i'm not like a hellboy guy i found him like i like um, david harbour a bunch i like david harbour a bunch too but i found like the character like he was just like pissed and annoyed the whole movie right which I, I know that sense. sense i know he's but a monster like, killing monster i couldn't connect to anybody or anything because it was just people yelling the whole movie boom Boom, bah, 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 bah. CGI monsters flying in. Boom, Like I was just like, fuck this. I don't care about this. Okay. I okay. say all that, but I feel like that's going to be our description of Godzilla, King of the Monsters. And that's going to be my favorite fucking movie of the year right. other than Star Wars. All right, now, let's keep it going. All right, now, let's keep this train rolling. So what's the next film, Eric? I guess The Curse of La Llorona. La Llorona. Okay. Now, since I went with first, boy, you go first with La Llorona, my Sharona. Okay, so uh, my this- my Larona, I like that. That's good, da. Go ahead, da. That's I, good. I didn't come up with that. My, 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 woo. Okay, so uh, in elementary school, okay, da, I fucking rented this book from the school library. I went to a fucking Catholic elementary school. Scary stories tell in the dark. From K to the fifth fucking grade. Is it Saint Edwards? I went to St. Edwards Catholic School, yeah. which is closing. Did you know that? No, thank God. Yeah. Uh, I only and learned... they're trying to decide what to do with like that building now. And I say fucking sell it, duh. I say just demolish it. Just fucking tear it down. I am kidding. Duh. It's just tongue-in-cheek. But when I uh I went to kindergarten there and then okay. I went to real schools uh so I could be with real kids. Not a dog. I yeah. was in I was in a fucking uniform for six years, duh. That says a lot about you. So uh I rented a book one time. I'm not too sure what my motivation was. It was called I think raining tortillas and it was about new mexican folk terror folk tales and how old were you do you think like guessing it was elementary school so five six seven eight Ooh. nine because the only one i remember from elementary school oh never mind goosebumps and then scary stories to tell in the dark yep i mean and that those were staples s- of my scared the fuck out of me so i mean there there wasn't like this wasn't like a scary book but one of the stories was about The Weeping Woman. La Yarona, And uh, it fucking terrified me. As a child, that was the scariest fucking shit. For sure. And the story of her is scary. So let's talk this film. Okay. Let's go ahead. No, that's awesome lead up because uh, it's a scary story. We know it. And I I think maybe we should explain out here. We live in New Mexico. Did you? Yes uh so so it's like La Llorona is like a staple New oh Mexican, for sure New Mexican tale like growing up like kids at school would talk about it like it was a real thing and shit when I was like young so like I've that, always known about this that's funny you say that because and I'm sure all of us do out here what's funny is because I was I was talking to my mom about the film and like she has her own La Llorona stories yeah when she was a child mm-hmm. and I'm like that's creepy as hell so it's a folk uh it's like a tale to tell your kids to get them to like it's like what parents or grandparents do, they tell their kids to so that they like go to bed at night, or I was going to say it's like a it's like a cautionary tale to stay away from water yeah, that too that too, but also it's used a lot like if you don't go to bed tonight, she's going to get you right, so they do that a lot uh if you don't brush your teeth, she's gonna get you right, right? so um it's a big so like we're pretty familiar- I'm not saying we're experts, but we're kind of familiar we're with this. we're fully aware of the story, yeah um going into this movie yeah one, about that one time i was listening to a podcast with ryan turk one time and it was uh with uh this uh chick named um clark wolf i love that podcast it was called bloodcast the bloodcast and she was saying she had heard of this tale that she thinks you know it was around the time the marked ones came out the marked ones the paranormal activity, paranormal activity the marked ones and she said that there was this thing called la lorna okay i had never heard that before I'd never heard it said that way before. And uh, long story short, uh, it's funny because I, I, it kind of made me realize people don't know about this, but we do cause we live in New Mexico. Okay. So anyways, here we are. I found out, uh, April of last year, I saw this poster, uh, for this film and it was said produced by James Wan. I thought it was fake. I thought no way, Uh-oh. no way. James Wan is going to produce a movie based on like this massive tale And we know it so well. I was like, this is going to do gangbusters. But I thought it was fake. Right. Because I thought it was too good to be true. And it wasn't fake. It's real. And we saw it. We did. And what do we think of it? Um, I thought it was very low stakes. Yep. Um, I wouldn't say it was like testing my patience. But while we were watching La Yadona, I was thinking about skating. Yeah. I was like, I want to try to do this flip trick at this spot. Um, And i'm I'm in the same area as you i it's cool, but I like, like it, but not. I like it right exactly like this is a movie that like I'll rent so I can show so I can watch it with my mom yeah, this to me felt like the quietest kind of reserved but not in a good way right sort of boring i I never found it scary, I didn't think it was loud enough i didn't think it was scary i thought it was just super quiet super small but not in a good way like what's weird is because i've written down the budget which we'll talk but uh like the babadook is small right but the babadook is scarier than this um i was gonna so so we now know that it's part of the conjuring universe yes and i'm thinking about the first in the first conjuring there's the exorcism scene where, like, the mom is, like, floating in the chair. Yeah. I, like, that scene is, like, threatening. Oh, no question. And, like, the shotgun is fucking flying. I call that terror. Like, that... To me, that's, t- that's like, terror. That is, like... Like, oh, shit. Like, yeah. shit is popping off right now. And while there's some cool set pieces... For sure. In La Llorona... It never reaches that moment no. of like, holy shit! It, like, it never reaches Annabelle or even, or especially Annabelle creation levels of like when that demon is on screen. There's just moments in those films where shit is just like off the rails. Holy fuck! And yeah. And the entire time, Laiadona is going the speed limit. Yeah, and I, that's a great, great. And I honestly, to me, it just felt like. And when we left, the only way I could kind of put it to you guys was we saw this with. Uh, I saw it with Eric and Dana. Um, shout out to Dana, by the way. Dana doesn't know, but he's a character on this podcast and he's never heard an episode of it. Yes. But I recently suggested to Keegan, let's get him on. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. We'll, we will see how that goes. But uh, maybe we'll have a, a third man. What do you guys think of that? Tweet us. Yeah. I, I'm not like for every Oh, episode. no, no. For again, I just meant like for one episode. No, you think we're going to talk to Dana for multiple episodes or multiple hours or days? Absolutely I mean, not. I mean, I feel like we text each other every day, but he doesn't need to be on the pod every day. No. God, no. Who does? Right. So uh, here we are in Curse of La Llorona. Yes. And and honestly, it was just so quiet. And, and the the thing I told you guys when we left the theater was, like, I was just never scared by it. All right, Like, I wasn't scared for a second. And what's weird is, like, these movies do scare me. Like, I'm not, like, like, I'm, mo- like, Annabelle Creation especially scares the shit out of me. I watched Conjuring 2 on a Sunday morning and was like, I might turn this off. Yeah. They're scary as fuck. And Annabelle creation is scary. There's a sequence in uh, the first Annabelle, which isn't a good movie, but there's a sequence in that movie. It's terrifying. Go ahead. What? I was, I was going to ask you, do you like this or the nun more? Well, we're getting to that. Okay. So then also we've seen the nun, right? And the nun, I didn't really think was scary, but it, it definitely, I feel, okay, here's the thing here. Here's the fucking thing. The nun is so big and so stupid that I didn't like it, but this was so small, I didn't like it. I, I like the nun more. Me too, I think, because yeah. Corin Hardy had like that cool shit in the graveyard and shit, exactly. like wild ass shit. That so, fucking nun's fucking head decapitating from its hung body. Yeah. And so here's the weird thing. I thought, oh man, this must be so much lower budget than like Annabelle Creation because that movie's so much better. Uh No, it's nine million dollars, and uh, Annabelle Creation was fifteen. Oh, so it's just a little bit less. And I don't know, it, it was just weird, like. Maybe the idea behind, or maybe the tale of La Llorona is known as like, it's known as a quiet tale, maybe. Maybe this is how that he wanted to, I think it's Michael Chavez. Correct. Uh, maybe this is how he interprets it. Like, it's okay. not a big scary tale. It's more like, she's going to get your children, and that's what's scary. Mm-hmm. But to me, it just was never scary. There was one moment in the film, and then we'll move on. There was one moment in the film, I told you guys outside the theater, uh, where La is just like standing in, in the house in the house, in front of our main character our main character is holding a bat and saying like what are you doing in our house what are you doing in our house and the reason that's scary to me isn't that but it's the image of someone standing in front of you in a dark yes. room in your living room and you're screaming and yelling at them and they're just standing there not moving silent that is fucking scary to me um while i agree with everything you say um yeah. you know why that scene didn't work for me why because after la Yarona disappears she swings her bat and i'm like are you, what are you doing? She's gone. Well, like that came off as like dumb to me then. A logic issue. Big, yes. Big big surprise from you. Oh, no. <laughs> so no. And it was just weird. It's just weird because it's not scary. And it's just like, I don't know. I feel like every scene with her, there wasn't, okay, there wasn't variety. Every scene with La Llorona was simply her putting her hands out in your face. Right. That was it. Um, That's La Llorona. I was thinking to myself, why is this R? Yeah, it I never, I mean, the only thing I can think of is like that initial scene when she's like drowning her child. Yeah. Like nothing else about that film felt R, R-rated. I felt like that could have easily been PG-13. Yeah, this almost felt like a fairy tale scary movie. Like it didn't feel, it just didn't feel scary. It didn't feel mm-hmm. raw. Like you said, it didn't have any mo- like sequences of terror, which I call a lot. There really weren't any. Uh, it was just okay. It was mm-hmm. a lot of Lyrona sticking her hands out in your face and grabbing you. Mm-hmm. That was the whole film for me. Uh, more logic issues for me, duck. Uh, whenever she grabs kids, yeah, uh, it burns their skin. But there's like that, that, that set piece when uh, she's washing the daughter's hair in the bathtub. Yeah. But she ain't burning the daughter. <laughs> you don't think that she has like... She, she can turn it on or off? I don't know. Maybe she can. I don't know. I'm going to burn your ass now. But it sucks because like the nun isn't good and we're saying we like it more. Um, here's my notes. Give me them. Lie. I don't want notes. I got a dumb story to tell afterwards. Trying to be a metaphor for child abuse and the social services system. So I was okay with that setup. I thought that was cool. I liked the idea that it was pe- Um, social services think you're abusing your children, uh-huh. so they come do welfare checks on you and your children, and you're locking your children in a closet, and it looks really bad. Um, so I could feel this trying to be a metaphor for that didn't work for me. No, like but... the Babadook is like a good metaphor horror for mental health for a lot of things for okay. hating your child. Uh, this just didn't land for me. And this is a competently directed film. Like this is good. And I didn't really care about it. Go ahead. Uh, I was gonna give some more logic issues for you. Da. La, la, you don't just can't fucking open up that fucking closet, da. <laughs> no it's got a deadbolt on it she can't get in i think there was something like it she oh, was like, there, like a spell on it something like that there was yeah. like there was like weird like drawings yeah. on it okay yeah that's why she can't open it no it makes sense anyways uh this is a, this is a <laughs> here we go We'll 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 i'll end with this Wait, the curse the of lyrona is okay well it's a disappointment for me I agree. I, I was really excited about this. And here's the thing. When I say disappointment, this is by no means a bad movie. I just think it's disappointing. Uh, I'm excited that we're getting another Conjuring yes. tale with uh, Vera Farmiga and Patrick Wilson. Um, uh, Annabelle comes home. Can't wait. Um, I feel like everybody's who's like, directing. I did not watch that trailer. I want to say it's Michael Chavez. He's, He's directing that guy. too? I want to say it is. is. Let's look on the pod. Now. You 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 riff while I'm looking it up. All right, let me tell you some shit, Doc. All right, now Let's hear some shit, Doc. Okay, Doc. Why is it every time I go eat after I work... I oh, it's Gary to t- Doberman. Doberman. The the guy that's uh, oh, writing... J- that James Wan produces with. Yeah, and he's okay. he's writing... He wrote it, and he's writing Salem's Lot. La- dah dah, I don't want to get, like...
1: You don't want to overhype. I
0: don't, don't want to put my fucking foot in my mouth. Kind of excited for the Child's Play remake. Ooh. I don't want to... I know... I know... I'm, wow. I, I know. I know. Putting your, your flag in the sand. I E dog really, really likes Chucky. You know, that, that character. I'm kind of excited. I'm not, I'm not one over that idea that he's like a smart device that can control electronics. But E-Dog's going to go into that film excited. Let me present this. If people we didn't trust and didn't care about made a new film with... Jason Voorhees in it yes we would watch it we just wouldn't give a fuck even though it's not the right people doing it so I think this is what you're saying is is what I'm saying which is we don't like we don't want them to make this movie we want them to make sequels to the franchise right which is wild with the original creators right right? they're not but what you're saying is but we're shit horror fans and we like Chucky and we like this Mm -hmm. so I'm pumped too I just wasn't ready to say it uh, I like Aubrey Plaza. Yeah, definitely. I guess who doesn't? So, was that it? Was Did, did you tell a story or anything in there? Uh, nah, I had nothing. Nah. Give me a nada. Nada. All right, doll, let's up the Annie here. Okay, hit me with something else. I got nothing, doll. What do you, what do you want to talk oh, next? Oh, I wanted to talk Shazam. Yeah, let's talk Shazam. Because it uh, is not it's horror. not horror. It's not a horror film. But man, it's kind of a monster movie. Kind but of. But the reason I want to bring it up is because it's uh, David F. Sandberg who yeah. directed Annabelle uh, Creation. Yeah, I tweeted and Lights Out. Correct. Let's not forget so, that. so this guy, let's hope he does more horror films. Three for three, Da. Because, yeah. Because uh, I tweeted like, I, I, it's gonna be exciting what, what he does next. Yeah, I tweeted this guy directed Lights Out, Annabelle Creation, and now he's out here directing superhero movies that are good. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Shazam's super good, dude. And I liked how loud and like it's super fucking loud. Mm-hmm. Like when those demons or whatever talk, mm-hmm. like it's like shaking the speakers. Right. I enjoyed it, Da. Um. So the villain is powered by. The seven deadly sins. Yeah. Which and, is kind of, I mean, go ahead. Oh, I was okay with it. And I, I'm not a Shazam guy. Like, I don't know. Like I've never read either. any of the books or anything. And each monster, um, is portrayed, excuse me, each sin is portrayed as a monster that kind of resembles the sin. So for example, gluttony has like a huge belly. He yeah. has a huge mouth. Uh, greed has four arms and four hands. Um, There's a moment in the film where the seven deadly sin monsters, I don't know if they have a name, um, they, like, massacre a group of people in, like, a high rise. Yeah. And I was, like, shocked at that moment. Yeah. I was like, that dude just got thrown out of a window. And, like, the... The villain's relationship to these characters like made it even more fucked up because it's his family. Yeah. And I was like, holy fucking shit. Well, I thought this it was is cool. I thought it was dope because you could like feel... It's weird because I feel like we say this and it's like, but do you really? And the answer is yes. You could feel his horror sensibilities. Right. And you can feel it with James Wan as well. Uh, you can feel it in Aquaman. I didn't watch Aquaman. I almost want to watch Aquaman. You didn't Aquaman? see it? I, no. I almost want to watch Aquaman now because Shazam was so good. Shazam's better than Aquaman to me, but Aquaman is is cool as shit. And isn't Aquaman like two and a half fucking? It's way hours? too long. Yeah, way uh, too fucking. Long. Uh, I'm ready to watch Bumblebee. um Bumblebee's good. Yeah. um So Shazam was tight. Yeah, I like it. It's oh. cool that you can feel his horror sensibilities with those demons. It's it's crazy how like fucked up it is and, and mean at times like yeah. that. And and uh, it's a Christmas movie. <laughs> I heard people complaining like it was too scary. Uh, Well, no, yeah, that it was like they wish it could be PG because it feels like a kid's horror movie and they want kids to see it. And I wanted to tell them... But guys, all these 80s movies that we think are kids movies have really fucked up moments. Yeah, in it, are yeah. really fucked up. That that's a great way to describe it. Yeah, but are also this kids is like movies. the gremlins of like superhero movies. Exactly. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like it has fucked up moments and crazy shit that'll scar you for life, like Pee-wee's Big Adventure does. Yeah. Fucking but Large Marge. It's also a cool kids movie. That fucking evil clown, whenever his bike gets stolen. Oh, duh. That shit's fucked up. Uh, I I actually uh just corrected a lifelong error and bought a copy of Pee uh big adventure on blue nice because melissa told me she hadn't seen it in a minute i was like oh, oh wow. i'm fixing that the basement of the alamo yeah um go ahead what i like about shazam as well is like you kind of hit the nail on the head when you said it's kind of like a kid's adventure film mm-hmm. in the sense that it's like fantasy fulfillment yeah like, if, like this is what we want to do Wish fulfillment. it feels like Goonies. Uh, if we had superpowers you know yep. I like how it's kind of like Kick Ass. It's kind of like Chronicle, but I feel like it's a bit more friendlier. Well, than those films. it's like Chronicle and, and Kick Ass, but it's also mostly like Big, which yeah. I'm a huge fan of Big. Big's one of my favorite movies ever made. So, you know, I just barely watched Money Pit like six months ago. Duh. That show was fucking so hilarious. Money Pit's amazing. Duh. Duh. Yeah, I loved it. Money Pit's amazing. Uh, that is Robert Zemeckis. So, uh, we what- here at the Ghoul Squad podcast. We like Robert Zemeckis. Yes, we approve of Ro- Well, not The Walk. Robert Zemeckis. You know what? I haven't seen the Walk. I'm not going to. You, why? It's Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Fuck the Walk, da. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> maybe. How about this? Okay. How about this? Fuck Robert Zemeckis, Marwin. Okay. That fucking Steve Carell. Oh yeah. Fuck fucking, that shit, da. Nah. I ain't watched that shit. No, nah, you should. That seems like an E. Dog movie. Yeah, da. Nah, I watch. I watch fucking Marwin. I mean, don't be surprised if I watch Marwin. Okay. All right. So, are we done for all the big theatrical releases? We are. Uh, so I wanted to talk, do you want to go, do you want to keep doing shit we both see? Sure. All right, let's do what we do in the Shadows TV show. Oh, duh. I'm loving it. Me too. It is like, I love how like they can get, like, I I like how it's like, they can say fucking shit. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Like, in like, uh, there's a fucking episode where fucking Laszlo's like doing like topery and it's like fucking vaginas yeah. and shit. Like it's <laughs> yeah. It's vulva. Yeah. It's my, my mother's vulva. What uh, <laughs> the fuck? God, it is great. Yeah. It's really, really good. It's really good. Uh, I really like that they added a woman vampire to the mix for, to be in the house. Um, I really like the familiar, the guy yeah. that's basically. Guillermo? Guillermo? Yeah. yeah. I love him because they the <laughs> there's this line in the last episode where where they're like, Well, we'll just get away from the the, the werewolves. Let's just fly away. Uh like I don't want to fight them. And and she goes, Well, what about Gizmo? And he goes, Who? <laughs> and if he's fucking standing right there. Gizmo. It's, it's Guillermo. Yeah. Gizmo ruined me. Um, it's really good. You know who I love? Colin Robinson. Oh, yeah. So he's a energy vampire who yeah. also lives uh, in the house with the vampires. You learn he just, like, bores people. So he drains them of their energy. So I like the energy vampire. I think he's hilarious. But what struck it out of the park for me and almost ruined my daily life because I, uh, I relate to this is... Uh, is there emotional an emotional vampire? vampires oh god holy shit ev when people just tell you their fucking problems yep. and want pity and my dog died and i have cancer mm-hmm. and i'm gonna fucking die and and my sister jumped off a cliff yesterday and i'm uh, sad about it yep. and they just want you to feel bad for them mm-hmm. uh that is unquestionably one of the best things i've seen in a long time um a uh, uh, great colin robinson moment is like he so he can walk he's like yeah he's a day walker day walker yeah and um, i'm sad that go ahead (laughs) there's i think it was in last week's episode um he's like beating on so i haven't seen the latest episode i've seen three episodes oh uh who's the main who's the main vampire not um, i can't remember their names though it's laszlo something the impaler it's a fake impaler nandar maybe oh anyway i don't remember their names he so so he's in his coffin and call What about gizmo and he's in his coffin and colin robinson is like pounding on it like he's like trying to play the drums yeah. and he's like go away colin robinson <laughs> so fucking good huh? it's really good huh? and like i love the it. fucking uh like the main vampire or whatever like that fucked up uh it's like uh the baron yeah the baron mm-hmm. uh is that what he's called yes they like open the thing and like he like he 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 breaks the the fourth wall and points at the cameras. He's like, "And and who are they?" Right. And and he goes, "Oh well, they're a film crew. Don't worry about him." He goes, "I didn't know it'd be uh this was that, that there'd be cameras and shit." But like he was like in character before, like <laughs> right being scary. <laughs> um, that killed me. Uh, so I won't say specifically what happens, but in last week's episode, you meet more familiars. Okay, good. It's great. I'm a little sad that there's no Peter character. Um uh, Peter got him. I kind of feel like that's who the Baron's supposed to be, but the Baron hasn't been a main character in the yeah. show. Yeah, he's just been in that first episode when he showed up. I thought, oh, here's our Peter, but right. I just need... he's supposed to be like that classic vampire. Yeah, I just need a fucked up Peter, like with his long fingernails, like sitting properly in a chair.
1: Right, like
0: that's the funniest fucking thing on the planet to me. So yeah, what we do in the Shadows TV show, it's fucking hilarious. Yes. I love it. So happy with it. Me too. Uh, I like it. I like that it's short. It's the only thing in my oh, life yeah. that I watch is short, so I'm, I enjoy that. Because uh, I don't watch any, like, 30-minute, 40-minute TV, and I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I think that's it. What we do in the Shadows is really good. It's on FX. I just record them on YouTube TV, and it's awesome. You just add them and just fucking watch them. It's great. Go away, Colin Robinson. <laughs> <laughs> what what Nando- about what about Gizmo? Yeah. Gizmo. His name's fucking Guillermo. So, uh, that is what we do in the Shadows TV show. Mm-hmm. Eric, I think this is where we, we part. Is this is where we part? Yeah. So, what do you want to do? Oh, I can talk for a little bit. You can talk. Yeah, let's hear you. If you want. Okay. Eric, what have you been watching lately? Okay, so I started to knock off some of... You keep on knocking, but you can't come in. Oh! Larry Cohen films that I had not seen, unfortunately, because he passed away. Q, the wind servant? Uh, I'd seen Q before. Um, And it was fun revisiting it. I I revisited it because uh, Joe Bob uh, showed it one Friday night. Um, you know, you surprised me the other night when you said you don't watch Joe Bob. Yeah. You don't watch Joe Bob cause you don't have a shutter account or you don't watch Joe Bob cause you don't like Joe Bob. I like Joe Bob a lot. Uh, I want to get into Joe Bob. I'm jealous that everyone is watching Joe Bob. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't have time and I've told you I'm concerned about watching a movie where it pauses and there's oh, commentary. Where it's uh, I also do not have a shutter account. Shutter sponsor us. Wouldn't well, that be awesome? Yeah. That's only love, $5. I'd love like a shutter shirt. Yeah. No, that's the best $5 I spend every month. Really, not that DP guy right there? Well, you paid for this DP, so I just want credit I guess for it. It's even better, doc. All right, Eric. Okay, so Larry uh, Cohen, Larry Cohen, RIP. Um, yes, rest in peace. He's done. He's written, I would say, some of my favorite uh, horror films. Yeah. Um, specifically the Maniac Cop series. Um, but. The first Larry Cohen film that I watched that I had not seen was his Masters of Horror. Uh, Masters of Horror was a television show on Showtime in the mid-2000s in which a popular horror film director would direct an hour-long story. Uh, these episodes were not related to each other. Each yep. episode was a new tell, and they would eventually release them all individually on disc. Yeah, I was a big fan of them because I never had Showtime. But we would just go to Hastings and they were like cheap. I think they were 10 bucks, mm-hmm. uh, on DVD. So we would pick them up. And we watched like me and uh, it was Ben and, and my brother and uh, a couple other uh, friends. We would just buy them and like watch them like as a movie night thing. They're only right. an hour. But right. we would watch them because like they were just fucking sick. And a lot of them like this is at the height of like torture porn. Right. So a lot of them were like super fucked up. Um, so we watched them. Which one did Larry Cohen do? I don't remember. Uh, It's called you said you would pick them up. And Larry Cohen's oh, yeah. was called Pick Me Up. Pick Me Up, yep. Uh, honestly, I haven't seen that many uh, Masters of Horror. I've seen Ernest Dickerson's. I want to say Joe you haven't seen any until recently. Uh, yes. Um, I want to say maybe I saw Takashi Mikay's. That's oh, the one that didn't air. Right yeah. On Showtime because of how fucked up it was. Um, so Pick Me Up stars uh long-time Larry Cohen regular. Michael Moriarty, in which he is a serial killer who drives a semi-truck. Yes. Um, he's driving along a stretch of uh, highway when there is a- another serial killer also working the area, and they start feuding over the people um, who gets to kill who. Yeah. Um, I'm afraid I'm drawing a blank on her name, but it's the lead from the the craft. She's also in this as well. Not Nev Campbell. Not Nev Campbell. Uh, we're the weirdos, Mr. I just can't remember her fucking name. Okay. It's not Ali Sheedy, is it? And you know what? I feel like her name is very memorable and yet we're both drawing blanks here. Drawing blanks. Shooting blanks and drawing blanks, as well, usual out I, here. I don't shoot blanks though. I can tell you that right now. Okay, good. Uh well, right there. Which one? The Fariza bulk? Fariza bulk. Ferza bulk. Yes. Uh she's in this as well. Um unfortunately, I didn't dig this too much. Um, what's funny is I'm watching this with my mom and you, you hit the nail on the head when you said uh, like, uh, that these were like, uh, at the height of torture porn. So a lot of them were fucked up. So the stuff I'm seeing in this, like, like I've seen this before in horror films, right? This isn't a big deal. Um, and there's a moment when the other serial killer, I'm not too sure who he was played by. Um, he's got this woman, uh, in a hotel and he's got her chained to the bed and she's like, uh, he's got her gagged. And to muffle her cries even more, he's uh, putting in the quarter in the bed so that oh. it can vibrate. <laughs> yeah. So he's got her chained up, and and she's naked. And he's been um, cutting layers of her skin off. Yeah. And he's cut off her nipples. And so her titties are just shaking because the bed's shaking. And I'm watching this with my mom. Uh, and I'm like... <laughs> And I'm like, you know, this is fine. You know, maybe this wasn't the right thing to watch with my mom. And, and you know, like, I'm like, this is fine. You know, I've seen this, you know, before. You know, but sure. I'm, but I'm like, I'm watching this with my mom. And, I uh, think, I think, like, and we're just it, sitting there. None of, none of us, neither of us, say anything. We it, just fucking watch Larry Cohen's pick me up. If it was like just a sex scene, it'd be like, ah, eh, whatever. Like, we're all adults here, it's, right? It's these fucking nippleless. It's these nippleless prosthetic, prosthetic <laughs> breasts. You know, blood for from where she's been cut, yeah. beaten, titties shaken. and when it's over, I was like, "Yeah, I didn't, I don't, I don't think I like that too much." And my mom was like, "Oh, I thought it was real good," and I was like, "Okay, all right, maybe you're wrong." Okay, so so I've never seen Pick Me Up. Uh, my favorite uh, ones. Uh, my favorite one, which was actually from the second season, laid on me. It was Pelts. Oh, that was Joe Dante. No, uh, no, 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 no. My, my uh, Joe Landis. John Landis. Did was it Joe? Joe you did say John Landis. John Landis. I don't remember who did Peltz, so okay. it probably was John Landis. But it's a uh, meatloaf. And don't quote me. It and it, it's meatloaf. Literally the the meatloaf. Uh, do you like meatloaf? The food or the singer? <laughs> I'm just fucking with you, da- I don't like either. Okay, me neither. Uh, so it's meatloaf, and he plays this fucking. I've talked about it on the podcast before. He plays this like fur trapper. Where he, like, traps, like, fucking animals and then takes their fur and sells them to, like, a place to make coats and shit. Mm-hmm. And it gets super fucked up. Really? Uh, I remember us watching it. and it, it, I'll just be honest. I mean, I'll just tell you. It's not a big spoiler. It ends with fucking Meatloaf, like, cutting his own, like, skin off of him as a metaphor for fur. Um, It's really fucked up. The fur that he ends up – he ends up like – he finds like the best animals in the planet in this one like cursed, you know, ancient burial ground where these rabbits or whatever fucking run around on, right? Except they're cursed too and so is their fur. So he like starts to like – people kill themselves when they fucking – they become possessed by the perfect fur. Do you get what I'm saying? I do. And then they end up like mutilating themselves. And it's super self harm, super self mutilation. It's fucked up. Pelts you know is awesome. I've, I've seen that cover so many times. Oh, it's really I, good. I've, I've never seen it. It is directed by Dario Argento. Oh, there you go. That's wow. why it's so good. Uh, it's really, really. When I say fucked up, like, I'm That's telling awesome. you, Pelts is fucked up. Damn, I need to put Pelts in my. What's funny is I have so many masters of horror. Uh, at the very bottom of my Netflix queue. Yeah. And so like I'm And never he's actually, talking Netflix so, DVD. Right. So I'm never actually getting to them. Yeah. But they're all there. Yeah, and then uh the other one I was a big fan of, which you've seen is Joe Dante's Homecoming. Yes. Love that one. It's a huge allegory for the Iraq War and we will leave it at yeah. that. Uh, I love that one. So uh Pick Me Up, as I said, Stars Michael Moriarty. He's so goddamn charismatic. Um, goddamn? Michael Mer- Mor- Moriarty. I da. thought you only said GD da. I bounced between the two. Oh, you bounced between the two. Yeah. Okay. So, keeping the Larry Cohen train going, I picked up the It's Alive box set oh, no. from uh, Scream Factory. Never fucking seen these movies, How da. much did that set you back? It was $35. Oh, that's not bad. It's not, not, not bad at all. It's not bad, da. Okay. So, uh, It's Alive. Yes. Da. I've never seen any of them. Okay. I've never seen any of them, too. Mm-hmm. i have now i just want to hear about island of it's alive oh i'm getting there so it's alive is about this couple married couple they have like a like a, a a son who's maybe like in sixth grade okay they're expecting their second child but this child literally comes out as a little monster and this monster has uh a taste for blood it wants to kill and the film never explains Why she gives birth to a little monster. Could it be drugs that she's taken, prescription or otherwise? Uh, Has she been exposed to radiation? Is it pollution in the air? It's all things that we've probably all been exposed to. Yes. And could that have led to this uh, deformed, crazy monster? Uh, There's this incredible moment in the first It's Alive where the father, drawing a blank on the character's name as well as the actor's, uh, he's in the hospital. His wife has already gone into um labor. Labor. <laughs> you dog needed help with that. Anytime, now nah. Um, and he's just so excited. You know, he's just this proud father he's to be. A, he's having a child, right? And he's like at the part of the hospital where like they swaddle newborns. They what? Swaddle? I just wanted to say it again. Um, you know, Wait, they're like wrapped the, up in blankets. Uh, it has a name. What is that? Is called? it not swaddle? No, 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 not Swaddle. Uh <laughs> no, the, the viewing area. Yeah. For like the newborns. Newborn never right. <laughs> never mind. And and he's looking at these newborn babies. He's just got the biggest smile on his face. He's just so excited to and be. His a rolls in and has and, a tail. And he looks to the left. Yep. And the camera pans, and this doctor's like holding its throat from where it's just been ripped out oh, great. by this newborn baby. So of course he panics. He runs into the room where his wife is and there's just fucking dead doctors everywhere and the baby has escaped. So word quickly gets out that this family has just given birth to this fucking monster baby. Mongoloid. And, he, and you know what, Da? To me, it's a fucking metaphor for how hard children are and just what a fucking nightmare. Yeah, but, but children are. But not very subtle. No, metaphor, not at all. Right, where like the Babadook is like a subtle metaphor no, for this like, children. this is 100% in your face. Children are little monsters. Absolutely. So it, it becomes like a news thing. It becomes I wonder like what a, Larry Cohen's uh kids think of this film. <laughs> right. Um, it becomes like a, a, a news sensation. So uh and so nobody wants to have anything to do with uh this family anymore. You know, like the father, you know, he loses uh, his job and they have to send off the kid to go live with the uncle. Does the they... baby have a name like Belial? Uh no. And you know what I realized? E-Dog loves miniature horror like this like yeah. sealed the deal for me oh yeah um and what an amazing well you like abomination horror too. now thinking about it because basket case is the same thing well, see that's what i was thinking like this entire yeah. time i was like this is feeding my well, basket case it basket case abomination ho- medical horror right uh oh. body horror sorry and it's this amazing amazing da tagline there's nothing wrong with the davis baby except for that it it's alive. okay so Having said all that greatness, the good was, news is your dates are here. The, the, the news bad news is they're, they're dead. They're dead. Um, it was kind of slow. It was kind of eh, and it came. And, and then after I watched it, I learned that it came out in 1974. Holy I, shit! Yeah, that's wild. And I kind of felt like, okay, I forgive it for it coming out in that time, but then like that's the year we got TCM. So maybe that's not yeah, a but good. Excuse. That's groundbreaking shit, right? What I'm getting at is that older films can be boring. Okay. Uh, and then tell us about it's alive again. Sure. So now we're rolling on to, uh, it's alive Two. Uh, it lives again this time. Da it's personal. (laughs) (laughs) This time there's three. Uh, And are they born in a similar fashion? They are. So, so, so the way the first film ends is you learn that, uh, another it's alive baby has been born to another, uh, to another set of parents. Okay. Hey, dog, did you watch the Larry Cohen uh, documentary, King Cohen, on Shutter? I didn't. I wanted to, but I didn't. What's funny is I watched, like, maybe the first 30 minutes or so, and then they started talking about It's Alive, and I turned it off because I would not yet watched yeah. It's Alive. And guess who the first filmmaker is that they interview? Jordan Peele? J.J. Uh, Abrams. Really? Yeah, and it's funny because he tells this story about how he bought uh, an It's Alive baby uh, from ebay and one time he had a lunch with larry cohen and he brought it so larry cohen could sign his it's a live uh baby i did not know jj was a big it's a live fan i guess yeah. i gotta buy the box box set now uh, i just thought it was funny because like he's telling that story about how he bought it too and he's like i guess there's just this guy who makes a living from making <laughs> it's a live baby uh so uh, that's awesome so now uh so it's the same family uh from the first one but now davis is pro mutant baby and there's this incredible, incredible scene. Dot. This okay. So the way the film starts, dot. Um, there's this couple. Uh, they're having a baby shower. Okay. And I forget how, but he knows. And this is it's oh, alive again, oh, right? I get it. I get it. Yeah, this is it's alive again. So he allowed. So he. So he's working with the government in this one. Um, the government wants to destroy the baby's working with the government. No, no, no. Uh, uh, Mr. <laughs> he's Davis. He's a CIA operative. Mr. Davis. He's working with the government now, Um, and so he lets them, like, run, like, blood tests on his wife, and her blood matches up with, like, other women who are pregnant, and so that's how they now know who is going to give birth to a mutant baby. Okay. But even though he's working with the government, you learn that he's pro-mutant baby now. Like, he wants to help them. He wants them to live. I guess he, uh, he's an advocate. He has regret for what happened to his baby in the first one. His it's alive. So there's this incredible fucking opening scene. There's this, there's this, uh, couple, they're having a baby shower. Um, it's like this big party and Davis is like sitting on the couch, like doing nothing. And you see there's people all around him. This one lady comes up to him. She tries to pick him up and he's like not interested. And everybody goes home. Right. Except for Davis. He's still sitting on the couch and so the man and wife, they're like, who the fuck is that guy? You know, they're like, is he a friend of yours? Like, and one of them's like, no. And he's like, well, is he a friend of yours? He's like, no, I don't know who that guy is. So they go over and talk to him. He's like, I'm sorry, this is real embarrassing, but we don't know who you are. And so then I, he go ahead and he starts explaining um, who he is. and It's, how he it's knows. a life situation. Right, exactly. So she eventually gives birth to another baby. There's two more babies at this house, and you learn that the government is going to set in on this house. It's a it's a fucking siege film. I love siege films of the fucking government who wants to kill these three. It's alive babies. Yes, again, kind of slow. Well, it's sad to hear because this is now two. It's alive in a rows that you've sold really well, and then it's you just just said kind of you're slow. not really into. Yeah. I mean, they're cool, right? But you're not into them, right? So, it's alive. Three island of the alive dog island. Of the alive, this is my favorite
1: now of let me ask the, you this it's, are alive, they, it's films. alive
0: babies like wearing Hawaiian shirts at this point. I was actually disappointed that and they're sunglasses. I was actually disappointed that they're wearing clothes because like in the first two, they're just like little mutant naked babies. oh uh, that sounds terrifying, yeah, um, are they wearing Hawaiian shirts? No, oh, well, that's sad um uh, so uh, a, I feel like it's a big missed opportunity. Uh, you know what's interesting is Rick Baker, oh shit okay. Um, there was actually this really fucking terrifying moment in the first one where the baby is crawling towards this cop on the ground but it's clearly a man in a suit so it's like this That's large terrifying this large fucking baby yeah crawling to this cop to kill him. so uh it opens up uh in court and you learn that they're trying to decide like does this baby have a right to live? Because you know it's a Babies. baby. Yeah, just life keep, rights. Yeah, right. it just, the it's it's a live baby. Keep um, yeah, abortion allegory. Uh, correct. Yeah, and Michael Moriarty is in this one, and he's the father of yeah. an it's a live baby. Okay, and uh, they eventually come to the conclusion that the babies have a right to live, but they have to be um, helicoptered off. Yeah, like lepers. It's a exactly. leper allegory. Yeah, sure. Dot there's this great moment. This the, these films are made up of really great scenes, maybe just not collective scenes strung together to make a whole good movie. Cohesive. Yeah. Um He picks up a hooker. Is it and it's a live baby hooker? And I shouldn't have said that. Hang on. Okay, go ahead. And uh so they're like fucking and they're and they're both like enjoying it. And then she's like, Wait a minute, are you uh, father of an it's alive baby and he's like yeah and she just like freaks out on him like she doesn't want to be touched anymore oh, yeah. by michael moriarty because he has spawned an it's alive baby so the babies um are uh what's the word exiled onto this island uh-huh five or six years pass and you learn um do they like grow a- yeah, and they and they grow at like astronomical rates. Oh my god! So you learn like even though it's been like six years, um, like there have been they're sexu- like the size of islands. Like, e- not the size of islands, like like big humans. I was saying like the size of an island, like uh, Godzilla. Oh, sorry. It's a, um, it's a joke. You you learn that they've been like sexually reproductive since they've been like oh, two. Oh Jesus Christ! So now uh, there's multiple. They've been they, they've been given yeah right exactly, and. I'm drawing a blank now, but it's like a pharmaceutical company. They're, they had some type of drug that was related to the It's Alive babies, and they need to go kill them because they don't want them to be linked anymore to the babies, and they think since so much time has passed, if they just kill the babies, they'll be all right. So they go to try to kill the babies, but the babies overthrow the crew, get on their boat, and they're heading to the mainland! And then they fuck shit up on a... Florida beach coast. And by this time they're wearing clothes though, but they're like hulked out. So they're like ripped and tattered. And here's the part that fucked me up. They're carrying some type of disease. And I was like, Oh shit. So now that it's alive, baby, they're like infecting on only killing people, but they're spreading something. And there's a part where these cops kill one. And when they learn that, um, they're contagious, that they're carrying one. One of the cops is like, Oh God, I touched him. And I'm like, "Mm -hmm. yep. That's That's Eric's worst nightmare. Yeah. Uh, this is the best of them, in my opinion. But I'm not like I'm not like a "it's alive" guy now. I like them; they're cool. But I'm not gonna be like. So, thirty-five dollar set, thirty-five dollar set. Glad I watched it. Will you ever watch them again? Uh, let me buy it for me for twenty-five. dollars yeah. I mean, I'd like to keep them. Yeah, obviously, that's why you buy them. Uh, I mean, so like, I like "it's alive." It's cool. It's tight. But like, well, that's sad. It's, I mean, no, it's not my favorite. It's I, not my new favorite thing. I appreciate your recap. I feel like I don't have to watch them now. Yeah. Uh, but although it sounds like an incredibly visual series, uh, watching these huge man-eating babies attack a beach sounds fun, but also I'll probably never get to it. I, uh, I'm And I'm not telling you to. I don't blame you. Um, um, I feel bad because I like Larry Cohen. Yeah. I feel like I should be championing the man's work. Let me, um, let me ask you this. Go ahead. The Wishmaster franchise. Oh nah, it's alive is way like, better. It's like fucking uh cinematic masterpiece. But what about Jin goes to college? Uh they're going to college. Let's do the Wishmaster series next. Don't you got that uh, Yeah, I have all four. Yeah. Let's do the fucking Wishmasters next. So we have 20 downloads on our next episode. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh, so, by the way, we have an idea for our next episode that I forgot to say at the beginning. Yeah, it's a real simple one that I like. Um Yeah, me too. We just want to rank horror thus far. In a yeah. Year. Top five So far, top five 2019 so far. Right. Uh, it's an idea. So, anyways, that was the It's Alive trilogy. Yeah. Awesome, oh, Doc. Holy shit. That was great. So, what, what so, do you got, Doc? My next thing uh is the Twilight Zone reboot okay. from Jordan Peele. have not watched any of these. <clears throat> so, I've seen the first two. I believe there might be four, four. now. Um, I've seen the first two. And I'm in love. I love them. And I'm dying to see the third one. We were going to watch it at my brother's, and it just didn't happen. Um, So I'm kind of watching it with them, with my brother and his wife. Okay. uh, Saber, shout out. Uh, So, uh, yeah, I really like these, man. Um, I think it's weird because this is a post-Black Mirror era. Okay. And Black Mirror is so bleak and so about technology I feel like people, when when the new Twilight Zone was announced, I feel like people misconstrued um, the Twilight Zone and Black Mirror as a similar thing. Uh, Where Black Mirror, I think, is so focused on technology, while it is sci-fi, it's purely focused on our Black Mirrors, which is all the screens around us and the technology around us. So I think that they're entirely different things. They're both sci-fi, but they're not the same. And I was afraid Twilight Zone would just try to be like Black Mirror, Mm -hmm. where it would be like about technology. And so far, the first two are not at all. The first one is about a comedian, uh, uh, Kumail Nanjiani. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's a comedian. In real life. And long story short, I won't spoil the whole thing, but he finds out that in order to make the crowd love him as a comedian, he can use people from his own life and use them as stories in his In his uh, uh, routine. Uh, But if he uses them in his routine, they disappear. Hmm. So that is the comedian. Obviously, spirals out of control. And uh, I loved it. I thought it was awesome. I love the way they're shot. These are like super ominously shot. Like the camera kind of. directing? So it's different people. It's, um, these first two didn't have names I recognized. Okay. Um, they were TV directors, but they're all, the first two are directed similarly, which is like kind of floating cameras, kind of voyeuristic in a way. Um, I'm just saying the way they're shot, like they're, it's not docu or anything, but they're, they're very like cameras kind of hang in corners and watch people walk around and it's kind of soft focus at times. It feels like original Twilight Zone. Uh, you feel like you're watching a mystery, a mystery unfold. And I love that. I love the old school nature of it. And, uh, I love in this one, the comedian, which I, I'll just do this one. Um, the story wise, I love that these are like choices They're The twilight zone has been awesome. It's such a cool original. I love the twilight zone because it's always about like the human condition and a, and usually a choice as people and they're very simple. That's what I'm trying to get at. It's like, I'm a comedian. If I use someone in my life, they'll love me, but they disappear. Like that's the story, and then how crazy can it get from there and then it's over and what did we learn from that? you know they're very simple, they're not complicated, and I love that, and the second one is kind of inspired by uh what is it nightmare at thirty thousand feet yes. twenty thousand feet um and I won't explain how it is, but it stars Adam Scott Adam Scott is on an airplane, just like of course um in the original series and the movie, John Lithgow. And, uh, he, he, he's very concerned about the flight that he's on. And he puts his hand in the back seat in one of the back, the seat backs. And there's a, uh, like kind of an old MP3 player in there. And he puts the head he plugs headphones into it, turns it on. Uh, there's this moment where he has AirPods and he can't plug him into it. Cause it's, it doesn't have Bluetooth. So he plugs headphones into this, this MP3 player and, and clicks play, and it's a mystery podcast. But the mystery podcast is about the disappearance of flight blah, blah 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 blah, which is his flight. Oh, so he listens to this podcast, and slowly but surely, he realizes the podcast is about his plane for sure. It's his plane, and it goes from there. Um, how long and are these paranoia? episodes? Uh, they're an hour. Oh, okay. and it's awesome. Um, so I'm really excited for the third episode. I hear it's amazing and uh jordan peele hosts it so um it'll how do you feel about does he interrupt he does so the show and it's awesome because you'll be watching it so both of the ones i watched so far uh you're just like watching the story and then it just stops and then the camera pans over and somehow jordan peele is in the scene and you just get pumped you're like fuck yeah let's go and uh he's like you know it's not adam scott i don't know his name but adam scott's a normal guy uh, uh, on this day, he thought his flight was going to go well, but he didn't realize his plane was headed towards the twilight zone. And it's like, it's awesome. It's, uh, I really want to watch. They're it. awesome. So I don't think I revealed anything. Those are setups. That's all they are. We don't know. You know, so you'll have to see them. They're awesome. So I love the first two episodes of the twilight zone. I hear the third one is the best already. So like, I haven't even seen that. And I'm this high on the first two. Um, I love how simple, sci-fi they are they're very simple choices that tell us like about people and i love that where black mirror is like complicated craziness about social media and all this insane shit and like they're huge worlds where this is more like you know what would you do to be famous that's what the comedian is so uh anyways the twilight zone i love them i hope i didn't ramble i love it so i'm really excited i can't wait to see next couple ones. They're on CBS All Access, which sucks. So that's part of the reason I haven't continued as well. That's what it was. We were going to watch the third episode, and I told my brother, I said, well, use your CBS All Access trial. You know, like a Netflix trial? Because mm-hmm. I've already used all my trials up. And he said, well, we should wait for, like, a couple more episodes before I use my trial. And I'm like, fuck. So I haven't got there yet. So Twilight Zone, reboot. Love it. Love Jordan Peele. Love it. Awesome. Eric, what's your next goddamn thing? Uh, Race with the Devil. This is a uh, Warren Oates and Peter Fonda film. Okay. I believe this is 1975. Um, I learned of this. Same year, my favorite film of all time came out. Uh, Jaws. Yeah, unfortunately. Uh, So the the first time I learned of this film was uh, Shout Factory put out a double feature of this and Dirty Mary, Crazy Larry. And they're both Peter Fonda like car action films. Okay. And uh, Shudder recently put this up, and I was like, oh, shit. Um, I've been wanting to see this, like, since uh, I became aware of it through Shell Factory. Um, And even more motivation was, like, a few weeks prior to watching Race with the Devil, um, I'd watched a Western. Both of them were in called The Hired Hand. So I'm, like, on a Peter Fonda, Warren Oates uh, high, if you will. Um, Have you ever seen On Golden Pond? I've never heard of Ongoing. Okay. It's uh I think it's Peter Fonda. It's amazing. Old film. Go ahead. Um. So Race with the Devil is about these two couples. Uh, it's January. And uh Ooh. Warren and Warren Oates' his character has just bought this like top-of-the-line RV. Ooh. And the plan is that uh these two couples are gonna go on a little vacation, right? Gallivant. So they're basically traveling through, like, backwards America nowhere. And they're they looking at a map, and they decide, like, okay, well, we need to find lodging. Let's find an RV park. And I forget if it's Peter Fonda or Warren Oates, but they're like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, we got everything we fucking need in this fucking RV. Let's just go get, you know, quote-unquote lost somewhere in nature. We can just go wherever the fuck we want, and we don't got anything to worry because we got everything we need in here. So that's what they do. So, you learn Peter Fonda races dirt bikes. and Of course. And Warren Oates, uh, he is Also like, races dirt bikes. No, he's like the sales manager for like a dirt bike parts store. So, he like works on dirt bikes as well. Awfully specific. So, um, it's like the first night. They're like camping in the middle of nowhere. They're kicking back a few drinks, you know. And off in the distance, they see something. And they're like, well, what the fuck is that? And it can only be one thing, doc satanic fucking ritual. Absolutely. Duh. And they see a woman get sacrificed. Yeah, She's fucking murdered. And they're like, Oh shit. Like, did we just fucking see that? And yep. they've got like binoculars and they're trying to look, these are my favorite movies, which is shit. You're not supposed to see. Right. Uh, and then you're afraid you're going to get fucking killed. So they're paranoia. Wa- so their wives are inside the the camper and they're like yelling. At I'm like, come on, it's cold. Let's get in here. And both of them, they're like, shut up linda shut up you know they're like, like go back inside shut and, up, and they can't and they can't hear what peter and warren are saying of, uh, tom atkins today yeah um and the wives make so much noise that they get the attention oh of the cult, the satanic cult of the satanic cult so they just got a fucking bolt jet off. and there's this tremendously exciting scene where they're passing this like uh shallow ass stream where they get stuck and the fucking devil worshippers are just high on their now, are fucking they on dirt bikes or no, are no, they no. no now they're all in the RV RV okay right and so Warren Oates and Peter Fonda have to get out and find a way to fucking get the fucking wheels out of the rut Um, and it eventually colmaxes colmaxes cl- what the fuck am I talking culminates about culminates and climaxes there you go, there you go. thanks daw I like that daw that was you. good it, it, it colmaxes I was gonna say use it there you go it colmaxes into this exciting chase where peter fonda is outside of the rv with the shotgun blowing away devil worshippers like killing them yeah Damn. they're like they're like trying to ram the rv off road war notes is trying to drive it uh peter fonda is just like blowing them away there's fucking cars flipping over it'd be funny if peter fonda was like we won't tell anybody about you sacrificing that woman if you just leave us alone yeah um, So it turns into this car, like, race action film with devil worshippers. And I kind of feel like. You were on the side of the devil worshippers. I was just going to say, like, I feel like this is, like, what Rob Zombie is trying to, like, emit. Bring back. Like, yeah. like the 70s satanic insanity. Films. Like, this is, like, an original piece in that genre. Yeah. And I thought it was terrific. I loved Race really? of the Devil. Race of the Devil is fucking awesome. It, does it get fucked up after that, or uh it does have a fucked up indie no the whole film is fucked up actually not like because of what's happening to them i guess i just mean genre because it worries me that yeah they're devil worshippers but is there any other genre elements after that oh yeah like they like there's like a part where like they go to a library so they can start studying witchcraft so they can like understand like what the cult is after Um, i love it it's great i I want to see it that sounds sick race of the devil's awesome dude it's a fucking car action it's a satanic Car action movie. Nice. Yeah. That it's sounds cool. great. It's cool. I'm pumped up. What else you got, Doc? All right, I only have one more thing and you've seen it too. Light on me. So we're fucked. It is Lords of Chaos. Oh, okay. So it came out a few months ago, yeah. Yeah, and we saw it a few months ago. Yeah, I, I saw it. I feel like opening VOD weekend. Yeah, me too. We wa- I watched it I think like the day after it came out on VOD. And so we don't really have to talk it that long. I'm so hyped on it. Yeah, I like I it. I thought it was great. Yeah, Lords of Chaos is fucking great. Uh, you were talking about buying it. I don't think I'll ever watch it again. I've got it pre-ordered. Because it's kind of, it's a depressing film, but uh, I loved it. Uh, if anyone doesn't know, why don't you explain it, Eric? You're way better. Uh, in real life. Yep. Uh, in the 80s. Um, uh, the film chronicles the rise and fall of Norwegian black metal. Yes. It's about the group of uh, young dudes. Yep. Who start this uh, subgenre of music. Uh, their band was called Mayhem. Mm-hmm. And the film follows the fucking mayhem that they cost. Yes. Uh, uh, which actually, Lives are taken. Which actually kind of uh, rang home, like, recently with, like, the Notre Dame thing. Right? It like, got so fucked up. Uh, I felt bad because, like, I made a Lords of Sequel joke. Oh, like, Lords of Chaos? What did I say? Lords of Sequels. I made a Lords of Chaos sequel <laughs> joke to Jamie. Yeah. And, like, I didn't realize, like. It was serious. It was like this big thing. Right. right. Exactly. And I was like, ah, I wasn't trying to like be like, oh, I'm going to shit talk a touchy subject. Yeah. You know. Yeah, no, it's. uh, well, Okay. So, yeah. Lords of Chaos. Um, Yeah. So, this is a story that I found out about through my brother, uh, Ben, somehow. I'm not sure who he found it from. I know like Rolling Stone did an article one and, time. And that might have been where he got it from. But my brother told me about this couple, I want to say like four years ago. He told me about this Norwegian death metal band called Mayhem. Mayhem. And their front man was, one of their front men was dead. His name was dead. And he uh, used to s- huff bags of dead birds before shows because he was huffing death, basically. Right. And so he told me about that. And then he told me about, I don't think it's a spoiler to say, because this isn't, I'm not talking about the movie. This is real life. I right. think it's Okay. One of the band members, I'll just say, one of the band members kills himself. Right. And my brother told me that they took a picture of him dead Mm -hmm. and used it as... One of their live album cover arts. One of their album cover arts that they distributed with a picture of his actual suicide body. Right. Um, And so I've known about this for a while. So then subsequently, of course, I looked it up, read about the story. So I knew about it strictly through my brother. And then I found out they were dramatizing it and making this film. And so this was quite interesting because it wasn't all that shocking. The film is shocking, but I knew the story mostly. Right. Right. Or at least the lore, which I think this is based off of. I don't, this even says the film opens up with like, it's based on truth, facts and lies or something like that. uh, Best we could do or whatever. Um, And I just really liked it. I mean, regardless of the true story, which I feel like, oh, well, like fuck, it doesn't matter if it's true or not. This film is just, Like harrowing and breathtaking at times, and the performances are amazing. Uh, Yeah, it's uh, Rory Culkin is the lead. Rory Culkin's amazing in it. It's great, 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 great. Um, I was blown away by this, and no, no pun intended, blown away. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Um, I was, and and this is a film it's that has tons of like violence and gore, and that's normally something I praise. But this is not treated no. in a fun monster movie fashion. Like, this is some cringe worthy yeah. ass shit. I remember watching this, like, being uncomfortable. Like, I'll tell you this. This ain't one where I'm going to show my mom. No, I would not. <laughs> There's one specific, uh, basically a suicide sequence, that um just, like, is so harrowing and awful. And it does a good job to show, like, suicide is not fucking cool. Like, don't do that shit. Because it looks fucking terrifying and this film is just like i'd never seen it portrayed in that way before um so plainly right and it's just really fucked up is what i'm saying uh there was one uh humorous scene that killed me uh so this character dead uh you learn that he's depressed yeah he just like sits in his room doing absolutely nothing sitting in the middle of his floor and uh rory colkin's character is trying to rile him up trying to Get some life out of them. Yeah. And you learn that dead hates cats. Yeah. And so in an effort to get dead up, uh, Rory Culkin's character tells him, there's a cat outside. And that gets them right up. And they go out to kill the fucking cat. Yep. And they succeed. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And then, of course, uh, if you know anything about the story, it escalates. uh, This whole thing escalates into... Murder. Murder. And then also uh, burning churches down. And it's just... It's crazy. It's crazy to, because I guess they, you know, as far as we know, they actually did this. Some of these people did this shit. Right. In the eighties or whatever. And, uh, it's crazy just cause it kind of gives you perspective. Like it's like, Oh, that's, that's, um, crazy that people did that. And then it's like to see it, even though, yes, this is a film. So this is not real to see it, uh, materialize like this in a film. It's like, fuck, that's not cool. Right. Like that's shitty. Like you guys are pieces of shit for doing that. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I was just, it was just an all around, not only are the performance is good, but the story is just so harrowing and insane. Um, yeah. Lords of chaos. Fucking awesome. Doc. I really liked fucking it. Awesome. I just don't know if I ever want to watch it again. It's just so depressing. It's a depressing film. I thought I, it stuck with me for like a couple weeks after I saw it. Um, I thought about it a lot. So it, it Lords of chaos is certainly a film that'll stick with you. So Eric, what's your next movie? I've got several more. Yeah. I figured. Uh, I fucked up. I, I haven't watched a lot of horror lately. Uh, next one I got is Castle Freak. Okay. Um, Barbara Crampton. Barbara Crampton, Jeffrey Combs, and Stuart Gordon. Reuniting. Um, I had never seen this film before, and I saw it thanks to I've never uh, seen it. Joe Bob. This was E Bob. Uh, a movie he showed on the first episode of The Last Drive In, and of course, E Dog. Uh, slept through maybe a third of it. Um, so I went back and watched it without the Joe Bob commentary, you know, so I could just watch it VOD. Uh, yeah. And if I had to compare it to the other Gordon Combs Crampton offerings, I would say it's probably like the the, the least of my favorite. Right. But it's fucking great. Really? Doc, Castle Freak is amazing. Uh Jeffrey Combs. Um How and- have you not seen Chopping Mall, duh? I don't know. He's such a big Barbara Crampton fan. You haven't seen Chopping Mall? Uh, Jeffrey Combs and Barbara Crampton play a married couple mm-hmm. who have a blind teenage daughter and they have inherited, um, this fucking castle in Italy. And what's funny is like, this is Stuart Gordon, right? But it gives a very fucking Italian vibe. Yeah. I don't know if it's because of the setting, but I kept thinking like this could be, uh, an Italian horror film. Sure. Um, I guess maybe because I was also thinking about House by the Cemetery the entire time, because there's a monster in the basement. Of course, does he just grab someone's face and crunch their fucking face? Uh, well, you know, initially he harasses the blind daughter. Is there a bat in so, the basement? So that's the perfect setup because, of course, the blind daughter can't see okay. that there is a monster lurking within uh, the castle. But there's no ba- uh, basement. Uh, uh, there's a cellar from where the base is from there where the a monster. Bat? No, there's never a bad dog. Um, There's a cellar from where the monster uh, emerges. This is some nasty-ass shit. Okay, cool. It is fucking great. Um, I won't give away specifics, but the monster tries to mimic what he sees Jeffrey Combs doing. Ooh, okay, I see. And his idea of... Is he doing things to someone? He is... Uh, I'll just say this his idea of sex, yeah, might be a little too radical for some, <laughs> it might be a little too new wave, if you know. What yeah, I mean. um, yeah, it's great. I really, really, really liked it. Nice, I'm so happy I got exposed to it. Thanks, Joe Bob. Thank you, Ebop. Yep, um, I had this idea, I strongly encourage you to watch go it. to, um, we're not doing it this year, so nobody get excited.
1: Texas but Frightmare, Texas Frightmare.
0: Um, we want to go because we're not that far. Like yeah. we're we're in New Mexico, Texas is just ne- right next to us. We're literally like knocking on the door of Texas, and I uh, want to go. You keep on knocking, but you can't. The reason i man. bring it up is because if ooh if we went, would Barbara Crampton? Would you get a picture with Barbara Crampton? I would hope so. I would. It would probably make my life to see Eric because I. Like, yeah. you would have it'd to make my life, duh. I know, duh. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. But, like, I feel like your smile, your shit eating grin yeah. in, in the picture with Barbara Crampton would be, would make my whole life. I, I wouldn't would, even need I one. would keep my hands in front of me. Yeah. And just give a big old smile, duh. Uh, you'd, it'd be a shit grin. I could tell you yeah. that. You're the guy with that. So, uh, anyways, uh, one day we want to make it to one of those conventions just uh, as fans because fuck yeah. Yes, exactly. So, so that's Castle Freak. Okay, Castle you. Freak. I'm going to keep on going. Are you going to talk, Chud? Why would I talk Chud? Didn't you just watch Chud with Joe Bob? Uh, I did, but I don't care to talk Chud. Awesome. Great. Next yeah. film. Okay. Um, so next two films I want to talk about are Thriller and Mercy Black. Okay. Uh, these are two recent Blumhouse I know titles. I Mercy Black. I, don't, I, I saw Thriller. I don't know anything about it. Uh, these are two Blumhouse titles that got, uh, I'm going to say dumped on Netflix. Shit out. But I don't know why that happens. Do they see these films and think they suck? Let's just go to Netflix. Or do they have some type of Netflix deal? No, I think they produce, What do you know? Well, I think they have a deal with Netflix like a partnership. But as far as I know, Blumhouse just produces a bunch of like. like. They, remember they, they shit out Brian Bertino's second film, uh, Mockingbird, yes. a while ago. That was so, Blumhouse? Yeah, that's Blumhouse. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. So, well, that was before Blumhouse was Blumhouse. That oh, was okay. like just like little Blumhouse. That was like when Oculus came out. That was like baby Blumhouse. Yeah, that was baby Blumhouse. And uh, yeah, no, they, I think what it is is Blumhouse just uh, produces so many films. They throw a bunch of shit at the wall and they hope one of them is like crazy good. Mm-hmm. And it happens, but you get a get out. Yeah, but you don't get a Mercy Black. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to start first with Thriller. And the easiest way, Daw, I can describe thriller is Michael Myers in the Hood. And uh, this movie's not good, but boy, did I have like a blast. Lep in the Hood, come to do no good. I fucking had Lep a blast. the Hood, with, come to do no uh, good. Thriller. Uh, and my motivation to watch it was uh, Lep in the Hood? Uh, no, Rizza of the Almighty Wu Tang Clan. Yep. Not only did he produce the score, he's in it. Oh. He plays the take no shit principle. Okay, so let me give you the... You didn't like it, but you're going to give us the full synopsis da, right I didn't like it. No, I did like it. It's just not good. Okay, good. Um, well, that's perfect for you. Yeah. Uh, let me give you the the scope, the scoop on Thriller, duh. All right, tell us about that. Okay, we meet this fucking kid in the eighth grade named Chauncey. And Chauncey may be... Deve- Chauncey. Chauncey may be developmentally disabled... But he seems like he's a good dude. At the start of the film, he's buying a hot dog at a convenience store, and he gives it to the homeless man outside, right? Something you would never do. So there are these group of kids that want to play a prank on Chauncey, right? So a la Slaughter High or Carrie or fucking any goddamn thing. So Valentine. So here's their plan. There's this abandoned creepy-ass house. Uh, there's this girl that Chauncey has a crush, in, crush on, Mr. Barlow. Uh, she succumbs to peer pressure. She doesn't want to do this to Chauncey. And luring him into the house by telling him that she lost a kitten. Will you help me find it? So Chauncey goes in the house. All the other kids have these scary skeleton masks on. And they're like jumping out at Chauncey. And Chauncey's like freaking out. And he's trying to find a way out of the house. And instead of going out the front door, he goes up the stairs, right? And this girl jumps out at Chauncey with her skeleton mask on. And it's just like a knee-jerk defensive reaction. He pushes her and she falls off the railing and fucking dies. And the other group of kids blame it on Chauncey. And Chauncey gets locked up for four years. Chauncey got locked up. Chauncey got locked up for four motherfucking years. So Chauncey went to the pen. Over the course of the opening credits, we're treated to these drawings of how rough Chauncey had it while locked up. So the film flash forwards four years. It is homecoming week at Compton High and Chauncey has been released. Uh oh. And somebody is starting to pick off these kids. Is it Chauncey? E dog's not going to fucking tell you, but let me tell you this. There are these tremendous fun moments of stalking where he's just following the kids. Does he have a, he wears a mask? He does wear a mask. He wears a hood and just like, well, here's the thing. It's not like a William Shatner. It's not a hockey mask. It's like, it's like a ski mask without eyes. Okay, makes sense. It's like just like it's just like a black mask covering his or her face. Okay, um, I'm in. Stalking. Uh, I like that. Yeah, and there's these there's there's, there's these great stalking moments. There's just one part where the kids are like, is my, there more stalking in this film than in Halloween 2018? There is. Oh, um, there's this great stalking moment where the kids are in like the student parking lot and the killer is standing off in the distance and he gives them the like you're done you're done son throat slit like you know with the thumb oh yeah Uh, it's great and then the other thing i want to point out the reason i fucking watched this movie uh is the score um it's funny because i read an interview with rizzo where he was saying like he was like trying to channel carpenter carpenter fuck and he doesn't quite get that. he doesn't get it but there was like moments where i was like And what's cool is like the killer runs and there's like moments where like score scores just hitting the killers, like chasing this girl, just like running. And I'm like, Oh fuck. Like this is tight. Isn't it weird that slashers and maybe it's because of Halloween, like up the ante and are so good when the slashing or stalking is mixed with a good score. Yes. Like, isn't that weird that like we always point to that? Like even Friday the 13th has a good score because Harry Harry Manfredi. yeah, so it's funny. I never really thought about that. That they kind kind of, they kind of go together. Like you need a good, like score. pumping score to get through a slasher. So and when they don't, they kind of suck. So the film Colmaxes. I hate uh, you, Eric. I fucking hate the, you. The film Colmaxes with a bit of a twist where Melissa and I both gasped. Like she grabbed my my wrist. Like Your what? We both like gasped, and she grabbed my wrist. Like oh shit. Yeah. Like that just happened. Um. As, as I just said, it's Why? sort of. You always sell as, these movies. As I just said, like it's they're the sort of not good. the best thing on the planet. But duh. Like, I encourage you specifically right, okay. to watch it because of how much. Carpenter you love inspired, yeah. Halloween. Like, it just. It, it wears its influence well, you said on its sleeve. Slasher with a mask. You said mm. stalking and you said a thumping score. I think I'm in. Duh. I, and I'm pretty sure. But I, are the characters I, good? I. <laughs> I yeah there's there's eh, some there's some wacky eh, ass shit. Um nah. there's this character named Unique. He's this R&B uh How do you spell singer? Unique? He's just I mean the captions just spelled it U and I Q U E. Oh yeah, you use uh captions, huh? I captions do use captions. E-dog has E-dog likes being able to read what he's hearing. Um and he like agrees to go to like homecoming like with one of the girls. Mm-hmm. Um and she's like Drake did it. Uh, when she's like trying to like motivate Unique to do it. Um, I I really think you'll like it, but I feel you'll feel the same way. We're like that wasn't a good movie, but you had fun. Okay, it, how was about it, this? Doc? Was it better than Lep in the Hood? Yes. Ooh, okay, that's a, that's a good sign. Um, I loved it. It's a it's a Halloween ripoff. It's fucking Michael Myers in the Hood. I had so much fun. Damn, it. I think I'm in. Um, and that is called that is called Thriller. Thriller directed by Dallas Jackson. Okay. And that's on Netflix. That is on Netflix. That is blown up. Not to be confused with Michael Jackson's thriller? Yeah. I don't know. Um, Okay. So the next one I watched was Mercy Black. Now, I'm worried about this because I heard this is not good. Um, I watched this last night. Uh, Melissa and I did. Uh, Mercy Black is about these three young girls. Okay. They make up this story about this entity named Mercy Black. Um, One of the girls... Her mother has some type of terminal illness, and this story they make up is: there's this uh, there's, there's entity named Mercy Black. If you make some type of sacrifice to her, she will take away your physical and emotional pain ailments. So, right? Yeah. So, two girls lure a third girl into the woods, and they fucking stab her. Oh, okay. It's in a, the name of Mercy Black. Slenderman. Slenderman. Creepy pasta. Got it. Right. No, that's, exactly. that's cool. That sounds cool. It flashed forward 15 years. You learned the main character. Those uh, freak me Marina? out so bad. Not because... Creepy pastas? creepy pastas and specifically ones that target children, which most do. Um, they freak me out more than probably anything. Not because I believe in anything, because I don't. Um, the fact that kids might take them seriously freaks me out right? and have taken them seriously. That is more terrifying than any movie I've ever seen. That it's influencing them. Yeah. And I'm not saying that they'll always do it. You know, art obviously doesn't always influence um, people or kids, but the idea of that freaks me out so bad because those kids did that with Slender Man. And I watched the whole doc on them and they're just like normal kids. They're just like, they got influenced by some story they read. And like, that's wild. The power of storytelling, um, especially to children. Anyways, that is terrifying to me. Go ahead, Eric. Mercy Black. Mercy Black. I like this. I like the the hypnosis. Yeah. So uh, the main character, her name is uh, Marina, Marnia, uh, Narnia, Marnia, uh, Susan, Kelly, Jimmy. She's um, been she's been locked up for the stabbing. She's and in the pen as well. She, she's, she's doing time with Chauncey. Shit. So, it, <laughs> it, it fast forwards 15 years. She's let out. Um, her older sister takes her in, who has, of course, a small child. And Mercy Black starts showing up. And Marnia has to figure out, is Mercy Black real? Is Mercy Black in her head? Is she Mercy Black? And how can we stop the kid from being influenced by mercy black
1: all um, right eric how is here, it
0: good? Here, here it comes here it comes E dogs verdict you sold it really well that sounds cool i have not heard good things about mercy black eric um, how's mercy black it's just fine okay it's are there scary moments um you know as long as something has a yeah. scary mo- like darkness falls um there's moments with mercy black and i really like that cool because she's like a scary entity paranormal entity does right she, i picture mama does she look like mama kind of no not at all she really looks, she looks like a pinata she looks like a like a like woman a, pinata like a fucked up pinata huh yeah um and i'm what's, interested what's interesting is i think this is the guy who did blood fest oh wow and like <laughs> these two movies couldn't have been more different blood fest is like this silly like not to be confused with Hellfest. eric's favorite movie of last year Hellfest. right um and like mercy black is like serious um yeah, serious, there's yeah. like no humor in it uh um, my kind of movie after we we finished it i asked melissa i was like well what'd you like more thriller or mercy black and i compared the two simply cuz they're both blumhouse netflix dumb to netflix yeah right um thrillers a lot more fun
1: really okay yeah.
0: but so, you know i like stuff like that so i mean that sounds fucked up and scary but at the same time that can go south quick so Mercy Black. I find them exciting because it's like something new and so sure. readily available to us. So it's like let's watch it. So I guess if you fall under that when you were guise, guys When you were watching Mercy Black, did you say out loud Slenderman to Melissa like you were just like oh Slenderman? Um that's what it sounds like. I I feel like we did. Okay. Yeah. I will say this. This is better than Slenderman the movie. Well, it doesn't take much. Yeah. So um it's just fine. Like if like if you like the if you like creepy pastas Yeah. Um, you need I, to you need to watch. Did you ever watch the first season of uh Channel Zero? I've never seen any Channel Zero. I know you, I'm fucking you don't up. have to watch anything, but the first season at least, and it's fucking scary, doc. Um And there's shit. With, I wish I did watch. Channel there's Zero. kids being influenced by that creepypasta, and not in real life. In that show, right? There's a an entity that's influencing kids in that, and they do shit, and it's fuck that shit scares me too. I guess kids scare me. Now thinking about it, right? Like in general, like the idea that they would be capable of anything. Bad to me right. is terrifying, uh, because we see kids as like good, you know what I mean. So uh, that's Mercy Black. Mercy Black. You talk got one more. All right, let's hear it. And I'm sh- hang, on, hang on, hang on, Okay. And I'm so excited about this one, da Black Summer. Have you heard of this? I have. Okay, so Black Summer is in a not s- to be confused with Paul Solit's Dark Summer. Correct. Uh, Black Summer is an Asylum-produced prequel to Z Nation. Don, if you had told me that, I would have said, fuck off, Don. I fact, don't give a fuck. I watched the trailer for this and okay. thought, okay, cool. Maybe I'd watch a, d- a new z- dumb zombie show because I hate The Walking Dead now. And then I found out it was a Z Nation prequel and I quit. Um So I've watched the first uh, season of Z Nation. The whole thing. Yes. And I'm here to tell you Black Summer is nothing Cool, like Z Nation, Black Summer. Someone we know is in it, Jamie King. Yes, yeah, she plays the lead. Okay, Link. that's right. Black Summer is like stripped down, no nonsense. We are here just to fuck you up. Okay, um, and are they fast zombies? They are fast zombies. Yes, are they fast zombies in Z Nation? I think. Okay. Um, I'll the way I remember that one. The way the zombies are portrayed in Black Summer mm-hmm. is damn near indestructible. Um, there's this fucking uh, episode where... Um, I've been wanting some new zombie shit. But not watch, Walking Dead. Watch Black Summer. Um, really? I loved it. I've, I've watched the whole season. Wow. And one of my biggest motivations for it was how short it is. It's eight episodes and they range between 20 and 40 minutes. Okay. So yeah. it's not a big commitment. Though. You could watch this whole thing in a day if you wanted to. I did it over a week. Um there's this episode. It's so fucking good, Dawg. I felt like each episode had like impactful moments where I was like, this is fucking me up. Just like the storytelling. Like, yeah. The emotions that it was like pulling from me was like, this is scary. This is fucking tense. This is fucked up. And it was like every episode yeah. had one of these moments. Um, there's an episode where it's five people. They're stuck in a diner because there's just two zombies outside. Okay. And they decide like, there's five of us. It's two of them. Let's just go jump them. And they just can't fucking do it. Huh. Um, there's this fucking episode where it's just one guy and one zombie. And the whole episode is, he's just trying to get away from this one zombie. Wow. It's incredible. Black summer is excellent. Zombies. I fucking love zombies. Zombies are my favorite, uh, sub genre. And like this, like checked all the boxes of like what I want. I'll tell you this. There's no like social commentary in this. Okay. Um, and I feel like that goes hand in hand with, uh, Mostly zombies. Fucking Romero. um, This is just like hardcore zombie shit. This is just like fast. We're going to fuck you up with some zombie ass shit. Yeah, I don't think um, it's funny because I was just talking about um, I want some new zombie shit. And I, because I'm, you know, I'm done with The Walking Dead. I quit it. I don't want to watch Fear of the Walking Dead. But uh, last year, and I liked it way more than you um, The Night eats night Eats the World was so good. And uh, I love that movie. And it's funny because th- I don't think that has any social commentary. That's just about like him overcoming right. his fear and anxiety, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but The Night Eats the World, that movie's fucking amazing. And it, it kind of makes me excited about this, Black Summer, because I liked that so much. Uh, don't sleep. Okay. Don't sleep. But it's now I got to watch Thriller, too. Right, you got your Netflix lined thriller! up for you. Thrill the night. Um, What's funny is uh, the very first episode didn't quite catch me. Okay. And I'm not too sure what motivated me to give the second episode a shot, but boy, am I glad. Nice. I did. That's exciting. Yeah. New zombie show. And what's funny is, um, like, after I finished it, I was like, well, maybe I'll go see, like, where I left off on Z Nation. And according to Netflix, I only watched the first season and it was like recapping it. And I was like, oh, I don't want to do this again. Nah, fuck that. Yeah. Duh, black fucking summer. Black summer. Yes. And that's yeah. available on Netflix. Right now, everybody jump on it. Shocking that the asylum made anything. Yeah. What, what's funny is like in the credits, it says produced by the asylum. And I'm like, the asylum is literally the worst. Well, I can't blame them. I mean, they're just making shitty movies that people, people buy accidentally rent yeah. uh, at Redbox. <laughs> <laughs> but uh so that was black summer so good and, and that's that all i got is what we've been watching yeah that was yeah a guess, fucking... uh that was but uh we hope you enjoyed that mm-hmm. and of course we are going to get to uh our final destination ranking and luckily yep. there's only five films so stick right. with us folks yep um but before that do we have a eric Coffin's starry of course we got an eric coffin starry and are you gonna do can i guess please guess I don't want to be buried. That's in a bad cemetery. What's the next line? I don't want to live my life again. All right. Go ahead. Okay. So So this this is Eric Coffin's Terror Tunes. Eric Coffin's Coffin's Fuck You. Fuck you, Eric. Fuck you. Fuck you, you, Eric. Fuck you. I just glad that that became the next line in the Eric Coffin theme song. Yeah. Eric. Fire away. Okay, so for this Eric Coffin's Terror Tunes, I'm going to talk Danzig. And Danzig should probably have been the first fucking Eric Coffin segment. Because the man started the horror punk genre. Or at least the Misfits era. Or the Danzig era Misfits, you know? Yes. But here I am, like 12 episodes in. Sleeping. And now I'm just barely bringing up the man who... Had he not created it, There'd be no Eric Coffin's Terror Tune segment. i tell you that much right now, right? Okay, and the song that I'm going to bring up is from his 1992 classic album, How the Gods Kill. Um, this song has nothing to do about the show I just talked about, but the song is called Dirty Black Summer. And it's a fucking banger. Danzig lineup. E-dog's a Danzig 2 guy. In fact, I would say Danzig 3 is at the bottom of my list and E-dog will now reveal his full ranking of the classic Danzig lineup. I'm going Danzig 2, Danzig 4, Danzig 1 and Danzig 3. Motherfucker. Okay, now after we just heard that jam which is a good jam. Has nothing to do with the song. I have fucking love that music video. It's just fucking John Christ fucking ripping on the guitar. And Danzig fucking kicking sand. I don't know why he's fucking kicking sand. But he's kicking sand. Um, That artwork for that album is a 1976 painting from none other than H.R. Geiger. Really? H.R. Geiger, of course, designed the xenomorph in the film Alien. Mm-hmm it's very biomechanical it's this being known as the master covered in this like headgear with snakes coming around it in the original painting the master has a big long erect dick (laughs) but for the Danzig 3 album cover art Geiger covered it up with a dagger and that dagger would later go on to be on Danzig 3 t-shirts so Without Danzig, we'd have no Horror Punk, or we'd have no Eric Coffin's Terror Tunes. In a way, we would almost have no Ghoul Squad, because the Did, man the man just started it all. Well, that, but also the whole reason that we got invigorated to finally start our horror podcast was the idea that we would use Ghouls You Back Off as our theme song. Right, exactly. And that would not have been created had you not been inspired by a young man yes, named Danzig. Yes. So... I acknowledge he's like a shitty dude now, but... Sure. You know, he's selling all his I shit st- on eBay, apparently. <laughs> yeah. But... Uh, I still like him. But yeah, and then uh, this is a good opportunity to talk about, of course, Eric. It was in a band called Prom Night Girls. Yep. And uh, that is our theme song, uh, which is Eric singing Ghouls You Back Off with... Uh, it's a pretty rough recording, Great. but we love it. What sucks is like all that, the, My, the MySpace so that- music service crash. So what three That's Prom why I Night brought it songs up. were up. That's why I brought it gone. up. So I'd been planning for, since we started, to one day debut another, prom night, another song? prom night song on this podcast because all we play is Ghouls You Back Off. Right. And those two other songs that were on MySpace are now erased from history. Uh, and what sucks is even more my favorite prom night songs are, were never up there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, what was the song? Ben? Ben, see that's my favorite song that you guys ever. made. Uh, we had a song about the Dwayne Jones character in the Night of the Living Dead film. D, ben. oh, okay. And uh, my other favorite was a song called Grave Robber, yeah, in which I would yell Grave Rob O. But you know what? Whoa. I just remembered. Oh. Yeah, I have rec- live recordings. You do have live recordings. Ooh, okay. All right. Well, we will we will table you, this you, discussion. Yes. Because I can get them out of the live recordings. Now, they'll sound like shit, but guess what? They already sounded like shit. They already shit. sounded like shit, yeah. So, we'll figure that out. So, between now and then. Uh, okay. So. And that was? That was Danzig's Dirty Black Summer. Which completes Eric Coffin's Terror Tunes. Fuck Eric you, Coffin's Eric. Terror fuck tunes, you. Fuck you, Eric. Fuck you. Fuck you, Eric. Fuck you. And with that, I think it's finally time to get to our feature presentation, which is ranking. All five Final Destination Films films. from worst to best and hit the fucking music. Uh All right, are you ready to uh, rank the Final Destination Films here? I am. You are? You don't look ready. I'm trying to gather thoughts. You're trying to gather thoughts, okay? I am. This is why I take notes, doc I'm a big note guy. E-Dog just wants to wing it. Yeah, you know, E-Dog is kind of a winging it type of guy. Yeah. All right, so uh we're finally going to rank uh, all five Final Destination films. Now, correct. You might be thinking out there in Ghoul squad land, what the what's the point of ranking these because we kind of know what the ranking's going to be because only a couple of them are good. And you'd be correct. But the point is to celebrate the franchise and talk it, right? Just like okay. all our other rankings. But if um, this is your first one, now you know why we're doing it. I enjoyed this because uh, I'd never seen three through five. Yeah, and so I, it motivates me to watch the film. I paid two ninety nine, two ninety nine. So I could rent four and five. Uh, the first three are were currently are currently on Netflix. Yep. So uh, I had to pay six dollars for this episode, duh. It's a lot of money, duh. I know. I, uh, I had the set. I bought I it got a Taco Bell. I bought the set at, which we should do. I bought the set at Target. I want to say it was ten dollars flat, and it had all four—the first four films—with a slipcover. And I was like, "Well, I'm buying this." Never opened it, okay, until three weeks ago when we started this episode. Um, I just want you to know that I'm kidding. It, didn't, it doesn't bother me to have to pay to watch films for the. Oh pod. yeah. Um, how did you watch five? So if you only had the uh, first four. I just rented it. Rented okay. it from Vudu for okay. three dollars. Uh, explain to me how movies. Anywhere works after the pot. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and I won't because we'll forget. Okay. So, uh, Final Destination, Um, let's start here like we always do. Okay. Uh, why do we like Final Destination? And also, do we like the Final Destination franchise? Eric, uh, you go first. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Final Destination is uh, a film that I saw when I was younger, like before I liked horror movies. Same here, yeah. And I just felt like it was like a cool movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh. Wow i was a not sure what happened duck. there. Yeah, um, I caught some air like while I was breathing in. I like catching air too. <laughs> so skateboard. yeah, I know. <laughs> so uh, no, so I'm I'm with you. Um, Final Destination for me, the first film. I remember seeing it very young, and it like freaked me out. Like oh, but that opening credit sequence. That opening credit out. sequence. It's yeah. very similar to like Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yeah, uh, credit sequence. And um, I think that that is gonna be a long running piece of this ranking, which is the first film I think is like still scary kind of and like has scary elements, mm-hmm. and we will talk why. Um and then the the next film sort of just become like Death Factories, like Rube Goldberg Death Machines. Okay. Which is cool too. But I think I what I know and love of Final Destination is the first film. Mm-hmm. And I love that movie. And I like the franchise as it went. I saw All of them in theater that I could. Uh, I believe I saw... uh, I want to say I saw three, but I know for sure I saw four and five in theater. Um, And, yeah. Final Destination is such a clever idea. Yeah. Um, It's a fresh idea. Was a fresh idea. That I feel like the the sequels suffer because we know the setup. Yeah. We know what's coming. Like, unfortunately, I don't remember the first time I watched Final Destination. But it had got to have been like a mind-blowing moment for yeah. me. Yeah. No, I, I think so too. And I think that the the sort of ingenuity and the, the geniusness of that first film, it really rides on that. And it rides on its characters and it rides on – I mean, we're kind of already talking the films. But it rides on its characters, its, its actors. It's just like a actually good movie mm-hmm. because it has actually good characters that you care about, that you are concerned about okay every subsequent film is just like fucking dumbass kids that get killed in horrific ways Mm -hmm. which is fun too yes to an extent but i really really like these kids in this first film devin sawa love devin sawa of course uh stifler yes as well as uh, sean william scott and then um i also like clear rivers which is uh fuck is her name ali larder yes on this shit this era is like this is a big ali larder era she's sort of fallen off since then but um yeah so i love that first film and i guess we started this with why do we like these uh it's fun to watch kids get killed in horrific ways correct i think we know that right yes and then also uh okay eric how does this franchise vary from other franchises we've ranked um specifically big franchises like friday or nightmare or halloween stuff like that how does this differ eric um how is it different? I, I feel like I just got called up in class uh, without an answer. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can I can go. How does this franchise differ from the others that yeah. we've seen? Well, let me tell you how it is. Uh, firstly, this is this is giving you time to think. Uh, it is. But yeah. I feel like I came up with some bullshit in this amount of time. Absolutely. That's what um, I did in school. That's how I got through school. It's an invisible entity. Yeah. That is knocking off uh, these kids. Pretty obvious, right? Right. Um And I feel like these films don't have, after the first film, like I said, characters we care about, where I feel like Halloween for sure does. Um, Friday has characters we love. I mean, they're a blast. We love all the kids in the Friday films. Nightmare is, you know, I just feel like this is kind of a, I feel like this is one of the worst franchises, to be honest. Not Not because the quality of films, more so like I feel like they're nothing after like the second film okay like they're just rube goldberg machines where like you could say saw is similar right because yes. saw is what just essentially watching people get ripped apart but there's someone doing it there's a reason and there's a motivation right right and as these films go on there's no reason it's there's just, no motive it's their time to die and 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 we don't care about anything and we're just watching him die i will say this i don't know if it was today or yesterday i was behind a truck with pipes oh yeah and it's uh in the bed of the truck and i was like oh fuck yeah, I think anytime anyone drives down the street Thanks to final destination and sees a log truck, mm-hmm. it's a, you just assume you're about to die. Mm-hmm. So, uh that's our horrible introduction to this, which is why yes. do we like them and also uh how does the franchise differ? I hope we did some justice to that. But fuck it, let's just get to the movies. Okay. Okay, so there's 5 of them. Yes. And our number 5. Uh I think we can our least favorite. Eric and I don't know what each other's lists are, but yes. I think it's pretty clear what the worst film in this franchise is so Uh, eric what is it the first one the worst film is the one that started it all man i hate the first one yeah it's terrible piece of shit movie Uh, i'm kidding of course uh my least favorite final destination is final Mm -hmm. destination four or for you nerds out there the The final destination the final destination so fd4 sucks and you know what you know what i feel like makes or breaks these final days Final destinations for me. What is the opening fucking scene? Yeah, like that first opening scene in the first film is just. I'm just gonna call it classic. Doc. I'm just. It's gonna, amazing. I'm gonna, I'm gonna outright say it. Um, and the delivery of when it come, when the premonition comes true, yeah, is excellent. the The way we see it, the way those characters uh, experience it is portrayed so well. And in the fourth fucking final destination, if you remember, the opening scene is the fucking NASCAR track. It's. T- terrible and Doc. it's so fucking stupid the kids who get pulled from the stadium they're outside and they're like what wreck are you talking about and the camera pans to like the entrance and like fire blows out of it and he's like that one that wreck right there that you it's can't see so fucking stupid and, and i was thinking it's about it too. so fucking dumb. what wreck and then it's like oh there's a wreck and it's like well there's always a wreck during nascar and like it's just like fire and it's like. Right oh my gosh, I'm so glad we weren't in that. Like in that moment, like they don't get, like it just, staging wise, motivation wise, it's fucking stupid, I agree. It's real chintzy feeling. It is, and it yeah. and all of four is extremely digital that's and CGI. It's not, not like a racy term, is it? Chintzy no, chintzy. Like... Okay. Um. Final, the, the final destination, FD4, yes. is so cheap. It's so, I mean, the char- I don't know any of the characters' names. They're all stupid as fuck. They're literally racist for some reason. Several. So, yeah, we were going to bring that up because there's several like, okay, here's my notes. Okay. The Final Destination. This is our fifth worst. Okay. The Final Destination. Awful characters. Weird racism. Yes. Big and stupid. Bad effects. Not even fun. Worst film in the franchise. By far, one hour and 21 minutes with credits. Nice. It is terrible, Doc. I mean, it it really is. It's a slog to get through at at an hour and 21 minutes. It feels there. Okay. There is. Oh, uh, full spoilers for the final destination franchise. Yes. Okay. So one of the most ridiculous parts of this film is there's this, um, there's this part where they're in a mall and our main character's girlfriend gets sucked into a fucking escalator and just gets ripped apart in front of him. Yes. And I almost cheered because one, I hated this movie so much. And two, I was like, that's so fucked up. I mean, I'm, I'm That's awesome. You know, you want to know what's fucked up, Doc? Is I can't think of that scene. You can't? I just like watched this fucking movie and like I'm Four just... is the one where it ends in the movie theater, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, but the movie theater is in a mall. So they like run through a mall. I remember the part where she has like new shoes on and she's thinking that the shoelaces are going to get stuck in the escalator. Yeah. And she's like she buys the shoes at the mall and she's like, "Well, my bo- I can't remember his name. My boyfriend likes me in sneakers anyway." Yes. Cuz the other girls like higher class or whatever. Uh-huh. So she's like, "Oh, you should get some like expensive shoes." Mm-hmm. And she's like, "Well, he likes me in sneaks anyway." I'm like, what? I think she actually f- says sneaks. Too? What the fuck is happening? Mm-hmm. I hate, I hate this movie. You know who I fucking hate? The uh, racist fucking redneck guy. Uh, okay. He's number one. Uh, number two is, um, the, like, there's, the there's... like bully boyfriend. Oh Jesus. Yeah. He's like all pissed. And, uh, there's that part where he's like, if I'm dying, I'm trying. Yeah. referring to He's just going to like go out to fuck. Yeah. Um, God, he was fucking terrible. And like a lot of the deaths, this is a big problem with, I think, the Final Destination franchise is when the deaths don't, they don't have any context to like real life. They're just like crazy. So in fact, one of the good ones in this film is the escalator, which is like you've thought about what if I got trapped and got sucked down into the escalator and died? Um, I think that's a fear of a lot of people. And that is super cool because it's relatable. It's a relatable death. Right. But one that isn't is being sucked, being stuck behind a movie screen. More, where while this go ahead. Oh, you know where there's fucking like gasoline yeah. heading towards like combustible barrels and because they're adding new screens and shit's just gonna fly out through the screen because it's in three D. Yeah. Um, no, I I was actually talking about the uh, the guy that gets sucked into the pool. I kind of like. No, it's a cool kill, right? You don't see it, but this guy, the uh, the the drain pool mechanism has been activated and yeah. this guy has a lucky coin and it falls to the bottom of the pool. So he swims down to get his lucky pool. But well, since well, first before this, he fucks okay. this chicken at 10. Yes. And that's and, one of the best parts of the movie. And, and he, and he comes and she's like, don't do it yet. I'm not there yet. And he's like, I came four minutes ago, four minutes ago, get off. And he yeah, like, and gets he like out. looks at his like watch. This guy sucks. Yeah. So he swims to the bottom of the pool. To get his lucky coin. His lucky fucking coin. But as the pool is draining, he gets sucked into the hole. Yeah. And then I guess his asshole gets pulled out from under him and it blows through the pump. Yeah. It's like his guts are sucked out through his ass. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's a cool thing, but you can't like... There's no relatability to that. I mean, unless he stuck his dick in it. I'm kidding. Okay. So, (laughs) I guess long story short, this movie just sucks. Characters suck. It's stupid. It's boring. It's boring. It's trite. It's cynical. Like, this is a cynical fucking, hey, let's make a 3D piece of shit movie. Like, what's a good idea? NASCAR, I guess. Right. Like, I think what's really cool, especially about the first film and then two as well, is the relatability of anxiety about getting on a plane. The relatability of the anxiety of a car crash on the highway. Yes. I think those things are super cool. And I just don't relate to people on a fucking racetrack watching nascar and like it just goes on forever Mm -hmm. like it goes on like it just doesn't make any sense dude it's the worst the worst um premonition in the in the franchise because it just doesn't make any sense and it's all digital it's all cgi it's awful though um i'll bring this up with part five but i don't like when uh logic is broken in the universe yeah like you know i feel like these rules are set up and i don't like whenever they decide to differentiate so, for example, in part four, the people who escaped the crash, that girl still dies. Like, if you remember, the tire comes flying over the stadium and crushes yeah. her. And that breaks the Final Destination logic in that since she was saved, now she's just in the order of when she's going to die. I wanna Why did she die then? I want to say that plays into it, though, because I want to say, doesn't that fuck up his order? When he realizes the order, they think someone's going to die next, but they're like, oh, shit, she died after. So, she actually died oh. first. So, like. You get what I'm saying? I do. There's dude. like a fucked up like thing about the order. I don't I don't it, it, give a shit. It made me think of more bullshit. Remember he has like visions where he just gets like just a few clues? Yeah. Oh god, fuck that da. Um okay, so that's our that's the worst one. Yeah. For sure. Okay. So, we each disliked part four the most. Keegan, tell me what is your number 4 final destination? So, my title? number 4, I kind of wanted to put as my number 3, but I couldn't do it, but I, I I'm afraid that we're going to... I'm afraid you're going to have this film as your number three, and I and I should have done it. I don't have the balls. So my 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 fourth, your My second number least four, favorite. okay, is Final Destination 3. Oh, God! Uh, wow! So what? I'm surprised you got it there. Right, so... I kind of feel like I want to switch it, though. Well, tell me why. Lay it on me. So let's talk about it. Okay, so... Final Destination 3. Let me tell you. Is your number four. Final Destination 3 is not very good. But... I described it to you as the great value Final Destination. But I really kind of like it. And and I'll tell is you it why. because it's Mary Elizabeth Winstead? Well, do we can just close the podcast up. Yes, that's why. Because Mary Elizabeth Winstead is actually... I. It's not just because I like her. She's really good in this movie. And it could be because I know her. Like, it's an actress I recognize. Okay. But... I just thought she brought a lot to it. I thought the kids somewhat matter in this film. Okay. They have actual, like, motivations. And, like, um, it's the kid from Smart House is, like, the kid that, that ends up with her, like, investigating solve. the whole thing. Right. Yeah. And I don't know. I bought in. I liked him. Okay. And so I almost want to put this as my number three. I'm kind of surprised you have it this low because there's also, like, real gnarly deaths Yeah, uh, in this one. um. The fucking fan to the back of the head. Yeah. uh, The fucking nail gun. I'm switching it right now to the back of the head. uh, When that fucking sign drops on the fucking kid. Yeah, I posted it to our Uh, Instagram. I really like that idea. For the first time in Ghoul Squad history, I'm switching it now. Okay. Um, So my number four is Final Destination 5. Okay, well now we're on the same page. Okay. Because my number four is Final Destination 5. When I almost said it to you, I was like, fuck, I actually kind of like this movie. Again. I am not saying Final station 3 is good, but um I think it, it has, has a final destination ranking. I think. Well, well, let's talk it in a minute. I think the roller coaster um premonition sucks. I was just gonna say it suffers from a bad premonition. Uh part four, the aftermath. Yeah, it's like that accident, and then like just like one cart like goes off the rails, and that's yeah, it. Yeah, it's stupid. Yeah. That made no sense to me. That accident Right. Like you just said, it's stupid. Okay. okay. Well, so let's talk for then, then. Or five. Uh, my number four Final Destination is part five. So I'm going to agree with you, then. Okay. Um, and my uh, biggest... Uh, I actually kind of like the opening premonition in this one. This is the uh, uh, bridge. Yeah. Uh, the bridge collapsed. Too much CGI. Uh, yes. I feel like I would have had a blast if I got to watch this uh, in 3D. Unfortunately, I didn't. I, I think... I think that's part of why I wanted to rank it higher because when I saw this in theater, you got to remember not only did I see this, you no, know, this wasn't in 3d. I want to say this wasn't in 3d though. Um, regardless, it looks better in theater on your TV. It looks like fucking dog shit. Um, point being, you have to remember walking out of this. I was like pumping my fist in the air, right? Because the ending of this film is so good. Eh. I think it is so good. I'll tell you. I think it's really good. Uh, Okay. Well, say what the twist is. I knew there was a twist, but I didn't know that it was. Well, you tell me. How did you react to it? So the twist of this film is that this is a prequel. Right. And the main characters, after the whole film, the end of the film ends with them getting on Flight 180 with our original cast of characters. And we see them getting pulled off. And we see them getting pulled off. And they're on the plane to Paris that fucking blows up. Uh, let me tell you why that's fucking stupid. Oh, don't do logic, let me, dog. Let me don't tell you why give that's me... fucking stupid because the main character, he's like, huh, wonder what that's about. When he's just gone through the whole same fucking situation, right? This motherfucker's screaming. I saw it. The plane's going down. And this motherfucker who's just had the same fucking premonition shit going on. I saw it and avoided it. Huh, I'm just crashed down I the plane. I want to say, though, I want to say in FD5, in this film, he doesn't, I want to say, like, it doesn't show him hearing it. Like they're just like it's like a scuffle and then they get taken off and he's like what's going on there he doesn't it that's true but you're like, saying in the original know, film we don't know if the characters yeah. in five heard but do you see what I'm saying I do you're, see saying, you're saying I would have heard it because in the original film he's we being did really hear it right I agree but he's talking to his girlfriend they see a scuffle they get uh, off the plane it even shows like the bully drinking guy he's like sit down I'm gonna make you sit down yeah but that's I mean, like a we scuffle hear that. But what does that have to do with... Don't, can't we assume the characters hear that? Yes. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm saying the film is telling us... The film never told us he heard it. That's all. Um, I actually don't have a problem with that. Yeah. Um, it's more... I just think you're stepping on a fire ending. It's fucking sick. And it's cool that they tied it in. I think had you watched it when it came out and had seen 4, which I is mean, so atrociously bad. I mean, I didn't know that was coming. Right. No, but I'm saying like as this is being released, and then I go see 5, which I didn't even know was going to happen, and then it turns out it's a prequel to the original film, and it has the scene from the original film. They're on the plane from Flight 180. It's awesome. Aside from that, it's just okay. Um, What also bothered me, um, I just spoke about this, was it tries to introduce new ideas, but I just feel like it breaks the Final Destination logic. It does. Um, The idea that if they kill somebody that they can take their life and that death will no longer be after them. So you remember that one character comes yeah. after them with a gun. I wasn't uh, into that. Uh, uh, I think five movies in, I think it's cool to add a new element like that. Introduce something um, and I, I think it's different than something like Jason goes to hell. Cause that's just like a cacophony of bullshit that like, doesn't make any sense. Um, I always have to throw that in there because when I say new element in a franchise, it's like, Ooh, but you don't like Jason goes to hell. Cause that movie fucking sucks. Uh, hi, Josh goes to hell. Hit us up if you're still listening. We haven't heard from you in a while. So, um, yeah, I liked that idea. I like- think this is the first time we're going to have all the same rankings. I think that's what's going to happen here. Uh, it definitely is. Yeah. So let me read my notes for okay, Final 5. Too much CGI. Bridge. Uh, return of Tony Todd. Thankfully. So that was cool gymnast death that's super fucked up that's actually kind of a tense scene like there's yeah. a screw on the balance yeah. beam and like the fucking air conditioner is like and it's like oh shit is she gonna fucking step on that yeah. fucking screw and it's i know it happens matter of fact but i kind of it's almost more fucked up how matter of fact she just like breaks her whole fucking body and dies right it's just like you're just like, like when it happened it was kind of like okay she just that was just like fucked bam up. And we're yeah. done yeah but i kind of like that almost uh, new element, you know, the the idea of killing someone in your place and then amazing ending made this film amazing when I saw it. So there you go. But thinking about it further, I really actually like the characters in Final Destination Three, uh, which I guess we can talk now. I mean, yeah. So our I guess both of our number threes is, is Final, Final Destination, Destination 3. Three, okay. And I hate to defend it. I'm not just siding with you. I was almost gonna change it before I even said it because. I feel like this film has much more like there's heart, there's I'm not saying this is a great film. Okay. But it's worth it. I don't think it's the worst fucking movie ever. Uh you know what I'm into about three and five? Eric, please talk three. Um, that they can't outrun death. That they all fucking die. Yeah. In the end. Um, so Final Destination 3, this is uh Mary Mary Elizabeth Weinstead. Uh this is the roller coaster theme park one. And throughout the night, you learn that Mary Elizabeth Weinstead is on the yearbook staff, and she's taking pictures. And each picture reveals a possibility how they're going to die. Yeah. Um, so, um, and I, I don't like that. Like, I mean, he doesn't have clues in the first one, right? Yeah. Do they have clues in the second one? Mm. I feel like they don't. I feel. I mean, I, I guess he finds the order that they're going to die, and but he wh- doesn't see how they're going to. Yeah, die. I don't think he has clues now. Um, so that that kind of turned me off. Um, about, uh, this one. Um, this is a silly complaint, but I just felt like the, the death setups, like the wheels that begin spinning. Yeah. I just thought were, was real dumb. I, I texted you, uh, the scene from Pee-wee's big adventure for his breakfast scene and said, this is my favorite final destination death. Cause that's what it feels like. Yeah. This is like silly wonky domino effect. Whereas in the first one, um, like when that dude hangs himself, Yeah. um, in the, uh, Bathroom that just seems really fucked up in like how his feet are covered in soap so he can't stand up. I don't know. I felt like I bought that. Yeah, Alex, let's go take a shit. I, (laughs) I, uh, my okay, one of my biggest complaints about this franchise is how it becomes so Rube Goldberg machines, like that's Rube Goldberg. The domino effect? Yeah, domino effect. A Rube Goldberg machine is like where you make it with like dominoes and then like a ball that hits another ball and then falls down a thing. Right. That's what the. And that gets turned up to like a million in these sequels, especially three, four, and five. And that's just like, I feel like the first film is not that at all. There is some domino effect and some, but it's all small. It's all. That's my favorite part about the first film is how intimate all most of the deaths are they take place mostly in their homes which i find scary the idea right? that you would slip and hang yourself in a bathroom the idea that you're cooking and your kitchen uh honestly ends up killing you uh i mean it isn't the idea that people who get in like car wrecks they do it like five miles from their home yeah yeah and and it I like the first film for it's like suburbia ness. There's like a lot of suburbia where it's like yep. on, sh- uh, streets in front of like houses in suburbia. Like it's, it's neighborhoods. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and the rest of the films just aren't, it's like big, stupid Rube Goldberg machine, like out in public where there's like a fucking ball falling down a thing. And then a fucking thing. I mean, and the, those are just like, Oh, that's cool. But I just feel like I like the more intimate first film. Where, like, right. the deaths take place mostly in homes, and that, like, is scary and freaks me out. So, um, long story short, to get to Final Destination 3, um, I don't know. I thought re-watching this for this episode, I was going to hate this movie. Really? And again, maybe it's because I like Mary Elizabeth Winstead, but I kind of liked it a lot. I think the opening sucks. I was wrong about saying it was cheap. It is cheap, but then I hadn't experienced four yet. Yeah. My notes are simply, in all caps, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Mm -hmm. And then from there, it says, dumb opening, right? Mm -hmm. So it does. Too much CGI, and happens too fast. And that was something that I didn't understand. When you pick a roller coaster, you can't have, like, this long, drawn-out, crazy premonition death scene. And they try, but, like, a roller coaster is going fast as fuck. Like, you can't. Same thing with the NASCAR race, by the way. Um, So I just don't understand why they would pick those things, because they're so, like, boom, 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 boom. And it's like, okay I feel like what's cool about the premonitions is how like crazy and fucked up they can get like the plane crash especially. And Mm -hmm. then mainly the fucking car wreck in the next one. But, uh, okay. You don't get to see any carnage because it happens too fast. Uh, let's see. So the one thing I just really don't like about final destination three is, and it's in my notes. I put, it's like people falling for two minutes. Mm -hmm. So I think it's weird about like the premonition with the, with the fucking roller coaster is like, I think like one person gets like sliced up by it, but then all the other people die just by like falling. Right. right? So it's weird. Cause it's just like, Oh, they fell. And then it's They're like dead. Yeah. So I just feel like it's kind of dumb. What, 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 what do you think about that? Um, specifically with, uh, that scene, uh, my biggest problem with is the, look, there's the accident. Yeah. Um, I guess it's just like a tricky thing to do. Um, like how do you show something? Like how do you make something exciting that you just showed us? Yeah, and I guess that's a tricky thing that I feel like maybe that's why Final Destination One works. Yeah, because it's like from a distance, we're we're seeing it from the perspective of people who are not far away from. Well, and it's accident. also so scary. But it also has that effect in the first film, like the plane blows up and then it like shatters the windows. It's so good. And, and uh, like it pushes everybody back. Yeah, it has this like effect of like basically ramping up, ramping up, ramping up because they're fighting and then like boom. Mm-hmm. So I just feel like what what that really says to me is like just it's better directed. Mm. Like it, it's better it's stage. James it's Wong. Better. Uh, what else has he done? I don't know. I honestly don't know. I don't know that name. I don't know. But, I mean, it's just legit. Like, that first one is so good. And then, yeah, Final Destination 3, I've got horrific tanning beds. I kind of like that scene. I do. I like that scene as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's cities it out. And it's fucked up how, like, they burn up. Right? right? It gets fucked up. Um, I was hoping they were going to pop. I was like, oh, shit. If they just, like, explode, like, if they just combust, yeah. this is my number one. But, unfortunately, that doesn't happen. I also, ha- I also wrote down that there's a transition shot. It's like a, a fade of the tanning beds on fire. And it's an overhead shot of the tanning beds, mm-hmm. except it quickly switches, and it's an overhead shot of two caskets being laid into the yes. ground. That killed me. That was very yes. funny. Um, there's a line in it that's, fuck you, Ben Franklin. Uh huh. that was really funny. Um, and then uh, I was shocked how, like, re-watching this, there's, like, an expensive-ass subway ending. Oh, yeah. The subway. The Like, I was G-Rails. shocked. Yeah. So those are my notes, Eric. What else about Final Destination Three? You haven't really talked it. So what, um, what do you think about it? Um, I hate the. You called it the great value. I did, and I guess that's just because, um, the the setups I I think are silly. It just and I hadn't seen four yet, so it felt real cheap to me. There was like just like stuff that came off just like really stupid to me. Like if you remember, at the very end, it takes place at like the town's like Centennial Fair. Yeah. And the like love interest is like working security. Yeah. I was like, why? This is this self- I guess so he can, like, stay on top of things to explain to the audience of what's to come. It is weird because um, she's like, we shouldn't be apart. And he's like, well, I got to work like this. Like, I got to work security. Like, well, all of these people have died around me. Right. But I'm going to go work security. And I got to go, like, to my job tonight. It's kind of weird. I don't like the clues. Um, A lot of it just feels dumb to me. Yeah. It's yeah. pretty dumb. Okay. I like it. I will say the deaths are cool. But everything else... Is, eh. yeah totally agree so we're moving on to number two yes which and you could probably guess, shockingly is uh final destination two yes and you I start f- it okay and i feel like this one's good yes i feel like we just shit talked uh three through five but um and maybe it's because jeffrey riddick was still working on it i don't know yeah he was the dude who uh, i guess came up with the idea for uh final destination um and you kinda of hit the nail on the head when you said the idea of a high rate of a highway crash is relatable, because that is something that's realistic. probably happens fucking daily. Yeah. I don't know about fucking massive tree logs bouncing yeah. on the fucking side like of the road. Like a pile up and shit, yeah. Right. But it's something that absolutely occurs. And I feel like um This is one premonition that works. And I guess because we get to stay in that moment, yeah, right. So there's a big fucking pile up. There's all that fucking death and destruction, and like, and then we get to still see uh, like a new view. Well, and and it's fucked up because my my main note that I wrote down for Final Station Two, I said car crash amazing, which you just said, yes. And then it's fucked up because she's with her friends, Uh but her friends get fucking killed anyway, right? That. uh, So I've obviously seen this movie a bunch, but. Um, rewatching it like that stood out to surprised me surprised you cuz every other film like some of the friends go with them or whatever and it's like a couple friends and then other people or whatever i and guess that was a good way of like upping the ante upping the ante yeah. yeah because uh a truck comes out of nowhere and fucking barrels into her friends and her friends fucking die in front of her and, and i thought i honestly i was like damn that's fucked up and like i feel like the movie doesn't lose that steam like i feel like the yeah. deaths stay shocking like the fact that they kill off claire surprised the fuck out of me the one death that like blew me the fuck away was um there's that pvc pipe it goes through like the back of uh i'm afraid i don't remember the character's name it goes through like the back windshield of her like truck yeah and it like penetrates her headrest of her car seat but then stops there and if you remember there's firefighters that have to use like the like jaws of life life, to get the door open and whenever they yank it in it explodes her uh airbag and yeah. then that crushes her head back into the pvc pot my mouth literally dropped. yeah i was like oh fuck because it's almost like death doesn't kill her it's the accident of these fucking yeah uh firefighters um there's the fucking barbed wire fly yep and that dude just gets cut into pieces like the deaths are shocking. yeah and part two the only thing i'd say is it's funny because while i do like those two deaths in general uh for the franchise um, my one of my notes here, I keep talking about my notes on this episode, but one of my notes is actually that like the 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 end sort of peters out with sort of matter of fact deaths. So it is kind of weird because like I feel like they discard a couple of our characters in like a matter of like ten minutes, mm-hmm. and then it's like okay, on to the next thing. Like when that chick gets her fucking head, um, uh, put through the thing, the 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 pipe, mm-hmm. um as an audience we're like holy shit and they're like oh that sucks and then like on to the next guy that gets split in half and they're like oh that sucks we got to get to the hospital right they, you know What know i'm saying they don't ever show character fallout yeah it will it happens just so quickly and then they're like we got to get to the hospital i'm like oh right. fuck those people just died um um i thought that was kind of weird we spent the whole movie with them to be discarded and like we gotta get to the hospital fuck them i guess maybe it was just for the sharp value yeah i think that's what it was and it certainly worked for you um and then I also enjoyed like the brody dude's death who like just won all that money. Oh, that shit was awesome. Um he keeps like avoiding it. It's just like near miss, near miss, near miss, near, near miss and then finally the ladder just goes yeah. to his eye. Uh, that uh, was fun. He makes me laugh because he, he he says like a couple times like Jesus Christ. <laughs> right. And then it just goes all through the his misses. <laughs> It's funny because he's almost like an audience member like, damn, oh Jesus, so they going to fucking kill us? And then I also enjoyed the um, misdirection the film goes. Yeah. Um, so I guess Claire does have visions because remember they're like, it's a doctor and the doctor's going to so kill you. So that's one of my least favorite parts is like they say like, it's Dr. Kalarjian, Dr. Uh, Kalarjian, Dr. Kalarjian. It's like the whole... Last thirty minutes, it's they just spent saying Carr her name, gene. yes, um, I guess I was kind of into that because the entire time I was like, this doctor can't be killing people, this yeah. doctor's supposed to be... but and and she doesn't kill people, yeah, um, it's like her like resuscitating one of them or something, yeah. it's not choking them, um, so that kind of surprised me. um, uh, the only part I remembered of the film was uh Claire blowing up, yeah, uh, I wish they wouldn't have killed her because I feel like the franchise sort of dies with her yes. because these other characters She's are kind the last of, remaining. These other characters are kind of stupid, like even in two. And then of course, as they go on, they just get worse and worse. Mm-hmm. But agree. even in two, our main characters are like just sort of, um, I would say like daytime TV characters, like, uh, the cop wants to get with the girl that just lost her friends. Like, it's just like, eh, whatever. Um, so I feel like clear dying is like kind of the end of the actual franchise to me. Like, I feel yeah. like they should have found a way to like legacy this out, like maybe a character or even Tony Todd being all of them. Oh, yeah. But it was just weird how like the third film was just like, boom, it's like a standalone thing. It really doesn't have anything to do with flight 180. Um, I feel like they could have kept down that path. That's that's kind of an interesting thing about these films. is like they all take place in the same universe. Yeah. I feel like at least the first three like bring up Flight 180. For sure. But each time it's new kids. As it goes on, it's like, I think in four, they're like, yeah, there was like those people that died in that plane crash. Yeah. It's like, that's it. And then five is a direct. Direct, dying, yeah. I guess, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I don't want to undercut it. I think Final Destination 2 is really good, but I honestly did, I was... This was worse than I remembered. And it's really? not bad. It's not bad. It's my number two. Oh, wow. But it was not... Okay, sorry. That's not a good way to put it. It wasn't as good as I remembered. Yeah. Uh, I think it is crazy good for like the first like 40 to 50 minutes. And then it, I think with the Dr. Kalarjian stuff and the hospital, I think it really peters out towards the end. Uh, maybe because I don't care about anybody in it. I'm not sure. But... Um, yeah, I like that. Clear is like in the mental institution voluntarily, so she doesn't get fucking killed by death. Right. She's just in that padded cell. Um, yeah, so I really like Found the Station too, but I do feel like rewatching. I was kind of done with the ending. Mm. Um, you know, driving into the lake and trying to restart life and all this shit. Right. Um, didn't work for me this time. Is it because someone's gonna like give birth or something? Some shit like that. Yeah. yeah. That's why they had to get to the hospital, right? Because the lady... but Oh, but she was never going to die in the crash. That's what they found out. Right. She was never going to die anyway. Yeah. All right, uh, let's move on to our number one. So we've already talked it quite a bit. We have. But our number one... Obviously. ...is Final Destination. Is the first film. Not the. Just yeah. simply Final Destination. And you know what? That's just such a clever title as well, how it plays into the plane crash. Yeah. Because your Final Destination. Not only is it death in real life, but the Final Destination of the idea of like... That's where you get where you're going when you're on a fucking uh, airplane ride. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I just think, I think this is like a classic in a way mm-hmm. um, already. I feel like this is a classic horror movie. How is it regarded in the community? I really don't feel like anybody talks about it. And I think it's because of franchise fatigue. I feel like people remember this film as the sequels. Okay. I think when rewatching this, what really stood out to me was death is an entity in this film. Right. He's like that sweeping wind. Yeah. And in, in, in Final Destination, he's like a shadowy wind, like you said. Right. And um I feel like it it's this whole different spooky element where I feel like it feels more paranormal instead of like just Rube Goldberg happens to totally you accidentally died from this thing. Totally agree. Where I feel like in the first Final Destination, it's still like This is death. It's an entity. This is paranormal. You're being fucking killed. You're being hunted. Exactly. And they talk about that a lot in the sequels, but the first film actually being able to see him, which again, it's just like a shadowy wind. You're right. You don't see it, but I feel like it's way more creepy. Like Mm -hmm. this film is, I don't think it's scary or anything, but it has a creepy, spooky tone where the rest of the films are like, ah, fuck it. Just cut a bunch of people's heads off and throw them in shit, Mm -hmm. Uh, which is fun too. But I feel like this is has a spooky tone. I love the tone of this first film where it's like, I don't know, it feels edgy and scary in a way. Mm-hmm. Where the others are just like a big joke. Right. Um, kind of similar to the first Saw, honestly. Uh, where like Saw became a big joke. Kind of right. like this. And would and would later also try to like wrap around yeah. to the uh, initial film. Yeah, for sure. So, finalist nation. Final destination, yeah. I wanted to hear um, you talking. Okay, sure. Uh, Final destination. I've already said this. I think that setup is just so good. Like, um, oh, that opening with just the 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 plane, right, is so good. Um, I guess what I'm getting at is because like we don't know he's having a premonition yet. We yeah. think he's just gonna get fucking burnt up. Yeah. In his fucking. Plane. For sure. Nope. Um, and then every I, time it like zooms out of his eye and he's like breathing all hard and sweating, uh-huh. I'm like, even though I know the film, I've seen it like a million times, I'm like. Oh my God, I can't believe that wasn't like, right. He's got to get out of there. What I, what I love is the following moments when he goes to like, check the other, like, um, other, are those girls going to ask him to move? Yeah. Yeah. Is there, is there gum under the seat? The Uh, best one. Is the table going to break? Is the table going to break? Because, uh, I think I had seen this movie before the first time I got on a plane or at least the next time I got on a plane, I was like a kid or whatever. We went on like a trip somewhere. And I would always, every time I get on a plane, I turn that little thing to see if it breaks. Not in like a, um, not in like a, it's an actually going to do anything, but I always do it to my brother when we're on a plane. I'm like, I turn it and look at him uh, because he knows exactly what I'm talking about. Cause it's so iconic. You know, parts kind of like fucked up when they get on the plane and there's that developmentally disabled man and a baby. They're yeah. like, no, it's a good sign. Like God's not gonna bring down that, a plane like this. And it's then, funny because I saw that and thought that's kind of fucked up. Like we right? wouldn't do that now. Right. Yeah. Um. I just think it's uh it's a clever ass fucking idea. I love the cast. The I think, cast and the characters, like done. Yeah. Everything else is good. We give a shit about these fucking people. And you're gonna hit me with some like fun gore. Like yeah. Final destination and is great, and it's also tragic. Like that guy's friend hanging in the bathroom with like he can't. I mean, it's it it gives me like a panic attack every time I see that scene where he's like trying to not be hung, right? But uh, the like soap, cut. yeah, that's fucked up. Mm-hmm. It's like tragic, and uh it's it's also cool because this film has more of the element of like Devin Sawa's like. The cops think he's involved because right. he keeps appearing at the scenes. Right. But he's trying to save them. And it has that, like, paranoia, too. So it's like, not only is it death, but, like, they think he's the killer and stuff. So it has this... The film is a, is much smaller than I think we remember because the, the rest of the films are so big and stupid. Right. The film is like, oh, shit, they think I did it. I'm just trying to save these people. Fuck. And all the deaths happen in like small areas, like houses and stuff, and I in bathrooms. Mm-hmm. Um, I just really appreciate that. It only gets big at the end, and right. I feel like the sequels learned from the ending, not, not the whole the rest film. of the film. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. Very good. But yeah, it's really good, man. I I, I love Found Destination. I Agree. It's um, very specific to its era, but it's really good. What was it two thousand? Something like yeah, two thousand yeah. I think, or ninety nine or something. So yeah. That's it I think. That is our final this I wish I, we knew I that. I think this is a goal squad first where we had the exact yeah. same rankings. And I feel like it sounds like I made that up. I feel good, really good about it cuz I really liked 3 and 5 I think 5 I was hyped on because of the ending. Cuz um, yeah. I definitely liked 3 after seeing 4 and 5. Yeah. Cuz as I was watching 3 I was like, "Oof. it's bad stinker." Yeah. Yeah. But then you got Bubble Blue and those was weird, like racist characters. Like, yeah. In 4, no there's sense. like a bunch of weird racist characters. Like there's like this character at the hospital that's like racist. And he and he doesn't even die. Yeah. Like neither of those characters die. It's just like, here's an asshole for you. Like I don't even want to say what he's doing. One of the characters is like about to put a cross in someone's yard. Like yeah. what the fuck? Yeah. And I get it. It's supposed to be like a satire and they're going to, he's going to get his comeuppance. That's the right. idea. But it's like, what the fuck? Like, why did you think of this? Like, this is sort of not relevant. Right. You know? Um, So, yeah. But that is Final Destination 4. We love the first Final Destination 2, I think. Let's recap. Okay, sure. So, I've got Final Destination 4 is definitely the worst. Yes. Final Destination 5 is number 4. Final Destination 3 is, I agree, not the best movie in the world. But I think it's pretty good. Uh, Final Destination 2 is a good film. I would argue Final, Des- Final Destination 3 gets better as it goes along. I agree. I feel like its second half is stronger than I its first. I totally agree. I feel like once... I, the, the the film does set in on 3, and it, I feel like the characters do matter somewhat. Um, almost more so than 2, which is kind of sad. Uh, and then 2 is just a great, well-directed film, especially the car crash. I mean, I think of that every time I'm on the highway. And then Final Destination is just a classic. Agreed. And... uh yeah I hope you enjoyed what was it like to see these for the first time? Some of these Eric um I was super into it like that idea excited me that I was gonna get to see uh more final destination. Unfortunately, I didn't like them yeah too much um but I was still on board to you know watch them um what I like to do on Sunday mornings, I think I've probably said this before is uh, watch a movie. Um, Sunday is like my only guaranteed day off. I get to sleep in. I wake up. I feel rested. I just want to watch a film. Yeah. I know I'm going to pay attention to it because I'm 100% uh, feeling awake. And so I use two of my Sundays on fucking nice. Final Destination. I wish we could remember. There's a song, and it's like the, sun, it's the final destination. I, I I don't know it, but I wish we did so we could sing it for this fucking... Yeah. Okay, so for the next episode, we're thinking we're going to do a uh, ranking this far of horror Yeah, films, so far. Right? And that would include probably May stuff. I mean, I can't think of anything else that's next other than Godzilla, which isn't really horror.
1: Do you um, think we're going
0: to do uh, the next episode before Godzilla or after? That's a good question. It's May 31st, so we uh, probably should before. do it before. Yeah. And maybe we think of something in between. Maybe we do that for our next episode, not this coming one. For June? Yeah, for June. Yeah, that would make more sense since it's more of the half. But what will mark. we do? Let's think of something fun. Maybe not a franchise this time. Yeah, as much as this has been a blast. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, people have given us so many great ideas, um, and we should we could pick one of those. I don't know. We'll see. We shall see. We, we will shall discuss. See. We shall go to oh, the laboratory. Thank you to everybody that voted. By the way, because we put up a poll to oh. pick final destination, you dog wanted Ghoulies. You did want Ghoulies, but you did get your it's alive. So there you go. Yeah. So, I think with this, this is the end of the episode. Yes. <laughs> okay, Eric, where can you find us? Uh, you can find us at uh, Ghoul Squad FM on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, if you're going to hit us up somewhere, we are most active on Instagram. Uh, you can also find us. Uh, On Twitter, at Keeksta, uh, K-E-E-G-S-T-A. Yep. And you can find me on Twitter, at Eric Cruz, E-R-I-K-C-R-U-Z, 138. Yes. And also the Kobrucci Squad. Yes. Um, If you uh, like Westerns, please go hit up my uh, Western Instagram. Yes. Yeah. And with that, we will see you on the next episode. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this. We hope that we didn't ramble because we always do. We are guilty of rambling. Yes, we, we, we are. the rambling squad. And with Ramblers, that. Ramblers, let's get rambling. Give me that. Give me that. Demon goat. Yes. Okay. Uh, goodbye, everybody. And ghoulsy back off. Yes. See you later. go 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 go